Hello, people. Welcome to Misfits. This is where I speak to the rebels, the outliers, and the unconventionals. Try to see things as how they see it and to learn from them. Some of these people include Betty Lee. At the age of 60, did her first solo travel around the world for an entire year. Dae Geng Soon, who is the architect behind the People's Park Complex, our first multi-story residential and shopping mall in Singapore. Before that, it is all shop houses. We have Derek Sivis and a whole lot more. So today, on this episode, we have Chris Lee. He is the founder of Asylum, which has been around since 1999. His client lists include ASAP, Johnny Walker, Sony, Harley Davidson, and many more respectable and international clients. Um, his studio designs anything from logos to entire cafes and hotel interior. And most notably, most notably, <laughs> his, um, um, it is the warehouse hotel Four Fingers and Tanks. So after winning all the awards, DNAD, Red Dot, Singapore President Design Award, Hong Kong Design Award, he now judges for them. Um, DNAD, Red Dot, Golden Pin, The One Show, Tokyo Type Directors Club, and more. So Chris Lee also have founded many business and organization, uh, and some of which are Artifact, Fred Perry, uh, for Singapore, Malaysia, and Indonesia, which uh, the name standard Amethyst, which all brings in Fred Perry, um, The Design Society, Asylum Shop, Assembly, Eddie Social, Chocolate Research Facility, and Fifth Avenue Shoe Repair. So Chris never went to a university, and George Clooney might and might not be related to him. In this conversation, we spoke about the design process from branding project to a hotel interior, uh, hiring and managing creative people, how to lead a life of passion and business. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do. Chris. Thank Hello. You. Thank you Good for morning. coming. Yes. Thanks for coming to my office. Thank you for coming. So I was here last week. I came into the place and I saw this. Uh, there's a couple of big paintings and the one that is hanging at the bottom. Yeah. The first one. Uh, a big uh, person's face on it. Yeah. Uh, I asked around. And it might be from Lip Chin. Yes. Uh, on Jeff Kunz. Yes. Okay. It's called Climbing Mount Kunz. I think that piece is called. So what's yeah. the story behind that? Uh, why you buy it? Yeah. Well, actually, all my all the art that you see in my office and in my even my home, mm. they have a story and they're mostly from my friends. Because I have so many friends who are artists. If I want to support, who else to support than my own friends? So, so Lip was one of those where I went, his brother, I knew his brother first. His brother worked yeah. for me, Aaron, at, at my uh, asylum uh, studio and the shop. We, I, we had an asylum shop uh, from 2005. So Aaron was working at the shop. Uh, yeah, and then he was trying to get into design then, I remember, a very passionate man. And then he, his brother, uh, he introduced his brother's work to me and I saw that wow, this guy is really talented. Uh, and I saw his work, I fell in love with it. So I bought two pieces um, there and there's another piece at the pantry. So why those? Why, why that piece? Um, I just think there is he's, he's such an interesting satire that you take somebody really famous, mm. like Jeff Koons, and then he draws this little cartoon figure trying to you know, overcome 
I think to me, I saw it as almost himself. Like, how do you make it as an artist, you know, uh, at that age when you're coming out? So I think he he painted obviously a very famous figure that if you see, you recognize. I think most people recognize. And then then he added a little you know cartoon guy that's trying to scale that mountain. So I, I saw it as something a tongue in cheek kind of way of trying to for him to kind of position himself in the in art world. Oh. And I think the art world is always a lot about psychology, about how you play the game. It's not just about talent. I mean, everybody, a lot of people have talent, but they, they become nobody. So I think it's important to be smart uh, as an artist. So you know, you know the world around you, how do you then you know, move your way and find yourself within the art world. Mm. I thought he was really talented. Yeah. Well, Lipsing, uh on that piece on Jeff Koons, uh, especially Jeff Koons, when I speak to artists, mm. uh, they have not very good things to say about Jeff. Mm, of course. He's commercial, of course. He's, 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 but the thing is, okay, then I would say in the art world, like the design world, it is such a difficult industry to be in because the minute you become successful, you're a sellout. Everybody wants the guy who is not successful. Mm. It's a very strange thing. Like in every other industry or any other uh, uh, career in your life, if you are good, you should command top dollar and you're at the top. Except for artists. Why? Except for designers. Why? I mean, if you are good, you should be recognized. People will love you, obviously. Then you become, your pieces become more expensive. Um, but I guess there's this thing about the rebelliousness of the art and the design world where people, you know, because we are passionate mm -hmm. and to us, money wasn't anything at all when we started our, 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 our love, right? We just want to create. So when somebody becomes successful, I guess, then you go, oh, that guy is a seller or he's very commercial now. Be just because people recognize his talent. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we love to be the only one that recognizes somebody's talent. <laughs> right? When you say, oh, I like uh, Hazard and Dimuran architect. Oh, yeah, I, I followed him 10 years ago. Like, you know, it's, it's this yeah. thing about I, I'm there first, therefore nobody can appreciate this person like me. Yeah. It's this thing, right? And so I have this thing about, yeah, I mean, what's wrong with, with, with artists who are, you know, successful? Yeah, and do you need to go through that within yourself along your journey? Because I know you started out as, uh, you know, designing album covers and that was yeah. like super on the ground and that was like... I wanted to design album covers. I, oh, you didn't? didn't? Because there's no industry in Singapore. No money, yeah. yeah. So I, I had that passion. I wanted to do CD covers, but when I graduated, okay, there's no music industry here. So, so I went into advertising uh, as my first job. Um, so, but I, I always say designers will never, you can't accuse designers of selling out because we already sold out the day we became a graphic designer. Mm. Right? Your skill is to help a brand, you know, a service become commercial. So that is already a sell out from day one. Mm. So graphic design itself, obviously it's not as pure as art. Yeah. Where it's really you and your internal expression, mm. what you believe in and then, you know, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I hope uh, the artist found it. Because <laughs> I think I feel like every artist have that battle. And then it's so weird because then you have you, you sabotage yourself yeah. to make yourself not famous so that you could be cool, you know? Of course, I think if the, the, if the themes that you explore as an artist are purely commercial, yeah. then you will be criticized, right? Mm -hmm. But I guess if you, you can be... Uh, uh, who's you know one of these uh, artists uh, Gerhard Richter for example he's, he's, the, he's the most expensive uh, painter that's alive look at his work he's not commercial mm. but 
you know, he just do what he wants to do, right? Then, and obviously the world recognizes his talent and, 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 but then, yeah, there's nothing to complain about. Yeah, well, he, I think he's one of the lucky ones, right? Because then you look at Van Gaal, who, you know, never see the lab, never make the money before he died. Yeah, most artists, I guess, will be like that. Yeah. And do you think that, like, like he knows how to position and sell in psychology? Versus maybe Van Gaal had a few missing things that he... I, I think art again in those days and art today is very different. Mm. I think in the early days, the intention is a lot more purer, right? You, you, are a create, you are a creator. You know, you paint, you see things that are different from people and you express it through art. Um, today is very different because of, you know, the money gets involved, right? When, when money is involved, things are a bit more complicated because I know even in the art world today, a lot of artists play the game so they they you know rub shoulders with curators so that they can put their work in certain museums and therefore the price gets elevated so there's a whole game and if you read seven days in the art world i think it's, it's, it's great because it talks about how corrupted the whole art uh, industry is mm. uh, so today it's a bit more complicated i think mm. uh, for an artist to get noticed right and, right and, right and right. how you can of course there are people who just they don't care they do what they do right yeah and then yeah, like if you get noticed, then it's difficult either. Mm. Moving on from art a little bit, mm. with another word that also starts with A, that's actually many words that start with A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Other than your name. <laughs> uh, so, what's up, you know? <laughs> even my wife and my kids. I, I know! How did the wife even <laughs> got the A? <laughs> no, I, actually, it wasn't by design. I mean, obviously, Asylum, Asylum, when we first started Asylum, we were Tiring around with a whole bunch of names, mm-hmm. and some really funny and stupid names as well. And then, and then in the end, we I kind of settled on asylum. I think it's also the era, you know, the era in the nineties where we were looking up to all the design companies in UK when they were all a little bit uh, irreverent. So they had names like Tomato, like Why Not Associates, you know. The, so the names kind of mean an attitude. Mm. So. That era, I thought, okay, the name Asylum was kind of walking the fine line between madness and genius and, you know, a bit edgy. So I, I, I like that name. So we picked that name, uh, not knowing that, you know, upon just using that name immediately, we get people calling us to ask, oh, are you a Muslim? Are you Aslam? Uh, uh, yeah, Aslam, Aslam. I mean, we have all these kind of people not even knowing how to pronounce the name. So we had all these issues, but I guess we had the name, so we just stuck by it. Lah. And then and then after that, my other company was called Amnesty. Yeah, very. And I like the name Amnesty, and I actually like because it's kind of related to Asylum as well. So I I like the fact that they are, they don't kind of represent what they mean, you know. And I like that. I so it just from there, yeah. Then we fairly social. Yeah, we like we have uh, assembly. Yeah, uh, we have artifacts. Artifacts. Yeah. So only after from there, then I thought oh, actually it's not a bad idea to have something as A because in the directory you're always first. That's true. You're very up, very yeah, close yeah. up there, right? Yeah. So yeah, actually that's work out uh, quite well. Mm. And then the 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 wife and. The- <laughs> No, that's definitely not lah. <laughs> uh, nothing to do with it. Yeah, I didn't even know until I didn't even notice until he eventually joined the dots lah. But yeah, it wasn't by design for sure. Right, right. It's, it's, uh, people reading too much into it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, it's like going zoo partying. It's like, hey, uh, what's your name? Like, oh, okay, great. Let's uh, let's chat more. Um, so I think I guess moving on to the work part a little bit. 
many people I spoke to uh, who are designers now or who are doing interior, like, I think asylum sort of fly under the radar, you know. Either by design or whatnot, um, mm. as compared to, you know, a kinetic or a, a mm. foreign policy, right? Mm. So I want to give people the context, you know, as they dive into it. So uh, maybe we can start with what is one project that you are really proud of? So there, and then we, we, we contrast it with like maybe a project that is like one of the highest price uh, quote project. Maybe give it an amount, uh, you know, have a... I think if you talk about projects that I'm really proud of, I, I think if you look at uh, design projects for a design company, mm-hmm. usually the smaller projects you are, it's a lot more pure because there's less you know, people involved and less complications and parameters. Mm. So the work usually is more pure. So naturally, you will be, when you finish it, you are proud because, you know, from your conception to to the way it's being done, execution at the end, it is what you envision. Whereas for a big project, it's a lot more parameter, a lot more complications. So therefore, you, it's less pure in that way. Um, so I think if you talk about something that we were really proud from beginning to end when we completed, it's probably the warehouse hotel. Uh, because when we saw the we saw that potential of that space, you know, we just like, wow, this is such a great building. Just don't fuck it up, you know, like don't mess it up. You know, when I look at the space and then eventually obviously we had a great client that was very supportive and he, you know, basically came to us and said we like what you do, so see if you can do something uh to to this space. Um, and it's a project that took us like four years, a long time, you know, from, you know, restoration to eventually doing the interior, the branding and launching it. So it, it was a long time. And for us to be finally happy and proud at the end of the day, it was like, wow, when it's completed, we were very happy lah, um, that we can pull out a project. It was our first hotel as well. Wow. And before that, we were always doing like parts like restaurants and bars and, you know, we have never done a full hotel. So that was, yeah, it's like a first project and we hit Buzai lah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, the other high-profile projects like maybe National Gallery is one as well. Mm. And it was a very interesting project because it would never have happened if it were earlier in, our, in my career. This would never have happened. The way that we looked at the project and eventually able to push through something that was quite daring and to have the audacity to do something like this to a national project. Mm. And for it to, you know, basically, at the end of it, come come true. La. I think that was one of those. Uh... So, like, like, what's the, let's say, a dollar amount for a, um, I mean, let's talk, not talk about National Gallery, because you sort of do it at a discount, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, one of, the, <laughs> one of the more higher uh, price uh, projects, what, what would be an amount, like, people? A typical high-price project is usually based on the, how much hours you need to spend. Mm-hmm. So naturally, you will become interior and hotels mm. because there is so much to do and the length of time is mm. a lot longer. For a hotel, you typically take at least two years and yeah. then maybe longer. So, and there's, imagine if you're doing a restaurant, a hotel is maybe like 15 restaurants projects put into one, yeah. you know, at the kind of scale. So naturally, the fees will be more mm. and, and more would be upwards of one million mm. uh, and more. Uh, 
Whereas when you do cafe or retail, you can never make the kind of money. Plus the square footage is small. The retail is like a thousand square feet. So those you really do for love more than anything else. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, so we have, so and, and in the company, we need a mixture. Yeah. So we would have maybe two big projects and then like 20 mid small ones mm. so that they, you know, you can, you can balance out. Right? Uh, and then also, I mean, as a designer, young designers, they don't want to come into a project and it takes four years to complete. Meanwhile, they have nothing to show. You know, I think a lot of designers are very eager. They want to really have a stack up a nice portfolio. So they need small projects to, to then, then build up to something. So, yeah. so a, a higher like interior hotel project, mm. are we looking at, you know, uh, upwards of like five million, or like a million or 10 million? No, like five is not possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not possible even for, for developers to, to, to eventually break even, I think. Okay. So you, high, you'll be looking at maybe, hitting two will be a cap, I think. Two will be a cap. Yeah. Okay, and then for a sort of cafe, uh, will be Nothing. 200K? No. No? Less, yeah, much less. Depending on how big the space is, right? So like a high cafe would be like what? Like 50? Uh, like if the cafe is 2,000 square feet, huh. then you are looking at maybe between 100 to 150, I think. Oh. It's definitely not, not high. La. Right, interesting. Plus, you know, the cafe owners, you know, how much would they want to spend. Whereas hotels, they are developers, you know, so yep. they budget long term. So it's different. Yeah. And then what about uh, like branding? like project, like, I mean, the low end, uh, let's say National Gallery will be. So that one is different because we, it, was, it was basically his national service. Right, right. But a typical branding project today, if you can charge between one to 200,000, is, is quite there, like, it's quite good. Mm. Uh, it's very hard to, in those days where you can charge half a million dollars for branding, uh, those days are over, I think. Also because of the, the way, you know, the, there's less execution. Everything is digital today. Before that, you know, you have so much collateral to design. Yeah, you have a lot of things to design, but today they just want a logo. They don't even want business card. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. like, I just need a logo. I, everything's going to be digital. I don't need any expression at all. Mm. So therefore, there is, there's only so much you can charge for a logo yeah. today. How come back in days there is a sort of half million dollar branding? How did that come about? Uh, oh, I mean, you mentioned that there's the art and all that. I think right? big corporations as well. I so again, if you're Pepsi Co, if you're trying to do a rebrand, obviously the amount of work that need to go into research, they need to go into focus group mm. study, and obviously if it's a project that is big in scale or mm. stature, you there's a lot of justifying that needs to be done. It's not really based on the whim of one two stakeholders, mm. right? You need to make a lot of uh, research and interview. So th those are the things that build up. Mm. Eventually, you have a, a brand deck, a brand manual that extends to all different parameters and all different uh, executions. So all those things, yeah, there's a lot of work. And today, those that work is just being streamlined a lot, mm. just because everything is digital. <laughs> yeah. yeah, interesting. But like interior projects, never, never was in that sort of like if like Coca Cola or Johnny Walker would have come in with something like that, and it would never have gone up to be like a. I guess, I guess, what would be the equivalent for branding? It's like a five mil, because I need to do a lot of research. I need to know, right? For interior. Uh, for yeah, interior. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. Because really, it's just really time. The time that needs to you, for you to do design, do render, to do uh, mm. uh, drafting. Because you know, for a hotel, how many stacks of drafting do we need? Like every angle, you have to do all the detailing. So a lot of time is put into uh, into the project, and therefore you build the hours. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it it never is. It never have come to a point of like, oh, I'm selling an idea, and this idea is worth more. It's just like a kind of like time like. Okay. Never lah. Not like a marketing because back then when ads uh, are still a thing, right? Yeah. You you could actually uh, get a lot from just an idea, a good idea. Which more is, la. Which is why the agencies are dead lah. Today they are no longer around. <laughs> a lot of the agencies have you know really downsized by a lot. Hmm. I I find this. I think it's the age where creativity came and left very quickly. Mm. You know, the age of creativity in its golden years, 15 years ago, where everybody loved ideas and want a great idea. Today, that has been replaced by, you know, data. It's replaced by, you know, touch points and mostly data. And so those days of great ideas in advertising, in design, I don't think they exist anymore. Oh wow! Mm, I think digital, or you know, the idea, the fact that people can access and and look at data, and then design based on data. To me, that has that's that killed creativity, lah. Mm. I mean, imagine if you watch a movie, and if you every part of the movie they do a survey, you know, and how do you want the movie to go? All movies will become shit, right? I mean. <laughs> Can you imagine if it's based on public data and yeah. what is what exactly, exactly. everything yeah. there will be the death of everything? Yeah, there's a there's a great quote somewhere is that if you A B test uh, your your website to the end, you will become a porn site. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. Yeah, but so but movies still retain there's a certain level of like I'm still paying for a good story, and a good director still commands maybe a ten x higher than a normal director. But you say that in the Design, branding, interior industry; those those days are gone. Interior, I think, is okay. Mm. I feel branding or graphic design is gone. Mm. Like the days of like ideas and and making design that are unique. You know, when we started, uh, the number one factor of what you want to do is originality, right? You want your work to be original. Mm-hmm. Uh, but today, no. Everybody wants to be part of a tribe. If you're a cafe, you want that. That kind of look, you know, so that also、oh, it's easy to design a cafe because you just need to have that few look, and everybody go like, wow, it's a nice cafe. <laughs> But then it's counterintuitive to a creative person where, hey, this you can't tell you take away the logo, you can't tell whose cafe is this good. They all look the same today, <laughs> right? But so I think that has also changed. You know, like young designers today they just want to conform to the look. That's why Pinterest is so popular, right? Look at interior. I want to have this lamp, this background, this. Every cafe looks the same, and every spa looks the same. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause then, 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 where's the brand in that, right? Where's the differentiation in that? Yeah, I think people just want to be part of a tribe. Strangely, whereas in the past, I think we wanted to be different. We want to stand out.、Mm. But people today want to conform. They want to fit in to a certain. They feel that oh, this is the good taste, a tribe. So I want to fit into that tribe. You know, <laughs> it's different. So does it make your life? Harder、uh, as a person who's designing,、uh, or you just turn down a lot of projects. <laughs>、um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think actually we do turn down quite a fair bit of projects. I think、mean, we turn down the various reasons. Also, because sometimes I feel that、uh, design can't help your problem, can't solve your problem. Yeah, you know, I feel within a a a brand and a, a product or a service. Actually, the product or service is about eighty percent of what you have to do that right before you have a brand. And branding is kind of the ice to me, the icing, you know, on the cake. If you look at okay, say for example, Spotify, right?、Mm. Is Spotify a great brand? No, it's a great product.、Mm. Uh, is Apple a great brand? No, it's a great product. 
The product is like but, everything. But like Patagonia is a great brand. Yeah, no, so fashion, like Fred Perry, for example. Everybody yeah. sells polo. Why is Fred Perry 150 bucks and you know uh, Topshop is 30 bucks? Mm. That's the, the brand, the heritage, yeah. the story. But so that is yeah, some parts where the brand plays a big part, but a lot of uh, products and services actually is really about that. The product. Product or the service first. So if I feel that, okay, for example, this bunch of people came to me and said, oh, we have this, we're going to make a great juice bar. Like, okay, juice bar. And then, so I said, what, what's your differentiation? Oh, your design. I thought, wow, if you are just depending on my design to elevate your juice bar, I think people don't go to juice bar to drink design, right? I'm like, mm. So I thought about that and we didn't take on the project like, because oh. I find that you they don't know what they want and then they're just trying to sell something that, and they will go to position it next to Hawker Center, which has great juice, juices for like, you know, one-tenth the price. Right. So, so I felt some projects when I feel that, okay, the design doesn't really help your business, then I'd rather not go into it. Yeah. And be disappointed or you disappoint the client. Oh, why isn't there a long queue after you design our juice bar? Like, okay. Because oh, they came into it with the idea that, you know, the design, the design is we're going to yeah. sell the thing, right? Yeah. And But what you're saying that, yes, it might differentiate, but it's not going to differentiate enough yeah. for a long queue to happen. Yeah. Mm. So at the end of the day, so well, we did uh, Frolic years ago. Yeah, how is Frolic yeah. Yeah, different from? So, so Frolic, when they first came, we, we yeah. gave them uh, the idea that it was, we wanted it to be a tongue-in-cheek brand. Yeah. Uh, so that it's really striking. You know, the first, the first unit they had at Holland Village where the magazine store was, it was a really great spot. So we designed uh, and, you know, it. was very striking. People saw, wow, they go there. But end of the day, when you go back again, you know what? What works is really the product. You need to have flavors. You need mm. to have topping. You need to stand more than good design. Yeah, I think that's why. I think then the partnership fell apart. So there were like four or five partners, you know. And then yeah, we started well, and then they expanded very quickly. Uh, but I think they imploded lah. So in the end, they just didn't continue anymore. Mm. Yeah, back then when you took on Frolic, you how do you see it differently from the juice bar? Why do you take on that and how do you think design has helped? The that? difference then and today is me. Okay. That when I was much younger, obviously, your ego is higher. You feel that your design can change the world, right? You feel like, wow, you do this, everybody talk about it. Uh -huh. They talk about it because of your design, uh -huh. not because of the great yogurt that they tasted. <laughs> so the difference is that, right? But today, I'm going like, okay, I don't really need that kind of ego anymore. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me anymore. Right? So, oh, interesting. So you say that if today Frolic would have came to you like way back then, so you, you wouldn't take on Frolic? No, unless the product is great. And then we will design it based on a great product and not have a design that is totally have no relation to the product. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right, right. And I guess also today you have really won the awards, so you don't need any more awards. Yeah. And you have, you know, enough clients and data to, to it's be different. Nah. I think it's just different. I think our priorities are different. Like in the past, we used to say every year we need to do a pro bono project that is that will win us awards. So we do stuff that are cool. Yeah. We want to do a cool project every year, like go to Zoo and do like a, we did a hut inside Velvet Underground kind of stuff. So mm. we do just fun projects that are cool. But then after, I don't know, maybe when I turn 40, I go like, oh, those things are not interesting anymore. Mm. So then we said, okay, maybe we should do a, 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 a charity project every year. Then mm. 
this meaning uh, so then we help like uh, Able. uh Able is one of them before that uh, Boys Town yeah, Boys Town we would kind of design their space so that you know it's great for the people who live there la, you know and and we felt I mean I, I don't I sleep better at night la, I guess it kind of oh. <laughs> yeah, the fact that we can use our design to, to good use rather mm. than commercial mm. because otherwise we are just helping people to sell more whiskey or sell more you mm. know stuff or juice or whatever yeah. But when you can then do more with our design and do some good with it, at least, uh, yeah. yeah. When, like, I mean, you mentioned in the 40s, was there, was that, you know, like an inflection point or something, something happened or watch a movie that sort of, like, started the thought uh, process, then, then leading to the decision of, like, okay, I'm not going to do this. Mm, not really it wasn't a movie I watched that I, that shocked me into tears or anything like that it was just slowly I just felt that okay for example we send things to awards every year and we win DNAD or we win one show and we are oh, pro- but then after that um, so I don't know I felt that it's a vicious cycle if you continue to do this and when, uh, because it's not important anymore I don't know my priorities just switch and it wasn't important to me anymore so for almost 10 years, it was, okay, the thing to do, right? More than that. I think we started in 99. So, you know, we, we, um, yeah, so, so we were, yeah, for, for good 10 years, we were submitting all the awards in the world, trying to win every award there is in the world. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, we didn't, we felt that we didn't need to anymore. <laughs> mm, and there wasn't like, it was just a sense of uh, like a, you know, a feeling of uh, the change I, I in what, values what, or something like that. The thing that I didn't realize was because we have a lot of younger designers. Uh-huh. So the ones that join us later, join the fact that we are award-winning agency, then hey, how come this agency stop submitting award? <laughs> of course, they're at different stages of their yeah, career, yeah. right? So maybe that I felt okay, like it's unfair to the younger uh, designers who definitely are on the upstart, like you know, make a name for themselves, right? Uh, but I also find today awards are as a whole are less important because I judge in a lot of awards and I can see the 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 amount of work sent to awards dwindling because kids don't look at award books. You know, we used to have, if you look downstairs, we have all the DNAD one show every year we we'll buy and then we we'll look at wow, who the great work, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But today. IG, everything IG, everything. Uh, so they don't, if you don't look at awards, uh, then no. Who, what, right, so longer? the idea is that back then that awards could get you clients, right? So Not so much clients. I think awards can always get you better designers. Okay, award- when you win awards, people want to join your firm. Right. Clients usually don't really care. Honestly, <laughs> you're cheaper, okay, I come to you. <laughs> uh, rarely, rarely you find clients that go, wow, I, I really like your work. Oh, and at whatever price I want you. No, really? There are some. There are some. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those we make the best projects. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Because there's mutual respect there, right? Mm. But a lot of clients they go, oh, I would like your work, but I want that price. Oh. So then you go, mm, <laughs> how do you match? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. So yeah, yeah. You say it's not possible. Okay, so then that's why. So but, so the awards doesn't get you the client. Then you realize that. Then uh. But then you the awards get you the good better designers, designers mm. so that's for sure. And then, uh, if you didn't want to send for awards anymore, then the designer stopped coming, right? Mm. Uh, it, then, it, it, didn't, it didn't for oh. our case because we were doing high-profile projects. Oh. Do you know what I mean? We're still doing... You basically do projects that people recognize. 
then designers will want to join you because they say, oh, wow, who did the new ASOP? Oh, shit, this guy. <laughs> so they, 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 as long as you continue to do high-level projects, mm. it doesn't matter. Johnny Walker houses we did right around the world. Yeah. So, yeah, we're still up there. It's just that we stopped submitting to awards. Mm. Only because I think... Because you don't need the... It doesn't affect your inflow of employees. Yeah. And then you're not getting better clients. No. Then you're wasting time and effort. Which, how much is it? How much? A lot of money. I mean, uh, depends. Every used to be every piece you want to submit. It could be up to 300 bucks per entry. And then they have multiple entries, right? You know, for like design, you have the best this, best that. When you, by the time you want piece of work, you could send two, three entries. Also like thousand bucks, gone. Easily, no more than, I, it used to be when I was at Ogilvy, every year they would spend 30, 40,000 dollars just to send our awards. Wow. Every year. It's and just really the, crazy. There was also the effort to package it, right? Yeah. Yes, there's a lot of work to mount it, to make videos of a story. Sometimes the project is just a simple thing, but well, the way they make video interview, <laughs> And the production is incredible. I'm like, wow. Of course, if you're an agency, you don't really care because they just they just want to win awards, right? Yeah. They don't care. I said, I'll, I'll take the twenty thousand. I go, we go for a company trip. Mm. I'd rather we spend that money to go use. I right? we mm. go on holiday. Mm. What's the point of making production like that? Yeah, it's just spending the time of the people to the actual projects. Yeah. To just build the hours, right? Yeah. So, right. Yeah, we used to do that when, when before COVID. Whenever we can, yeah. we'll take everybody on a, on a trip, you know, yeah. on holiday. I'm gonna ask you about that later. Mm. Um, yeah. So there wasn't basically there wasn't any specific the uh, a movie or book or whatever. It's just like oh, it, it just become irrelevant now. This award thing, like maybe motherhood Maybe is I, it really? I don't know. I don't. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe because that's a big change, right? When I was forty three, I became a father. Yeah. Uh, that's a big change, but. But not really. It's just gradually, mm. you know, like the way we move into interior, it wasn't something that we planned. It wasn't something that I say, oh, well, let's do interior. Mm. <laughs> From day one, we just gradually move into interior. Are you more like a, like an intuitive kind of person? Definitely, mm. definitely. And I, we move into areas where I have passion in. Not because, oh, interior is great. Let's do interior now. I will help me. No trend, the trend. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do residential. You know, right. anybody who comes to us who say we want to do a house, I, I don't know how to design your house because I'm not you. I don't want you to have my taste. So why, how, how can I design your house? I don't get that. Mm. So for, for brand, because my background is branding, you know, what's your target audience, right? If you're a brand, if you're a, a hotel, there is some parameters and it's not personal. So we move into first also into retail because I really love retail. I, I love retail as an industry. I love fashion. I love everything. So it was natural that oh we need to do retail, yeah. and then after that oh we need to do restaurant and then hotel was the last barrier la. I think without uh, without uh, warehouse hotel I don't think we would have gone into you know jump make that leap into designing uh, right. hotel full time. Because it's actually really interesting uh, that that like I know a few designers uh, great designers who are like intuition based mm-hmm. but then they are like business acumen is like mm-hmm. off of the shits la. <laughs> <laughs> so like so you, will you say like you kind of said lucky that like thank god your passion is leading to something that can actually make some money <laughs> or you filter out like oh maybe this one I really like but like okay maybe that one doesn't make money so I just put it aside this one I make mean, okay like, double down here yeah uh, I don't know I think I think for design studios it's hard to lose money unless un, un, because you're, you, what you're selling is your skill, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you and most design companies start very small. When we first started, it was three, became six of us, you know, and then yeah. we were small. So it's really 
our skills. And, mm. and then we sell it. So we just built up our portfolio from, from there, you know. Um, yeah, well, I guess, yeah, that's right. I mean, they wouldn't, I guess the main thing is not like going bankrupt or whatever. Uh, it's more so they're like, okay, now what? And like, but now kind of, yeah. I think a lot of un- design underpriced themselves. So for me, that is one thing. Another thing that, it, you know, when I started Asylum, oh. first few projects we did, I remember there was this client that wanted us to work on a project. Okay. We quoted, they said, oh, it's very expensive. So can you cut, you know, by 30%, you know? So What's the branding? Uh? Branding. So okay. we wanted that project. So I took on the project. And then after that, she was like, oh, you know, telling us to change this, change that. And so we were accommodating, accommodating her. And then they said, hey, actually, most of the ideas are all mine. Eh. So oh, why are we paying you any money now? So in the end, you, you get like, <laughs> you get kicked at the bottom, right? First, yeah. you lose that money. Yeah. And then you lose your pride, you lose your dignity. <laughs> so, like, so this is not the way it should go, right? Yeah, yeah. So you should always price yourself there and then be assertive, right? Once they, once clients pay a bit more, uh. they will listen to you a bit more because they're paying so much, right? No yeah, point, yeah. they pay you a lot of money and then they tell you what to do. So like, what would be too low I mean is there a dollar amount I know it's a bit hard to give this it's hard to, but we look yeah. at the industry standard we are always priced 30% higher that's, mm. that's my positioning we have to be higher mm. I don't want to be the lowest code so when the client when we go for uh, open pitch right when uh-huh. you, everybody's fees are there I want to be at least top top two la. I top don't want two. to be wow. middle but then no point you want to be there and then once you're there, then you, you go to the clients and we have the expertise. With, I'm telling what to do. Then they'll listen to your ideas, right? right? Because they pay you their money. They better listen to you. But like, why not like talk like uh, 70% more? Not, not like that. <laughs> a bit like ludicrous, right? Yeah, I guess. I, okay, la, I mean, if you are the only person that can do that job, maybe, <laughs> but I don't think the world needs, you know, the no. world always have an option. I mean, but maybe like a Pentagram or Stefan Sackmeister. Uh, I'm sure they, no, Sackmeister is more like a freelance, so individual, but Pentagram, I'm sure they go into price war as well, I'm sure. Hmm. Yeah, it's not, it's not easy. Right, so 30%. Yeah, yeah. So, would you say that, like, most brands, you sort of charge the same based on the amount of work? Say, I want a, a logo for a, I don't know, uh, Nike. Okay. Right? Versus a logo for a, what's it, Beyond the Vines. Okay. Right? So both fashion. Yeah. Generally, I will charge a bit more for pain factor. So if I know the decision making is painful, I will put in the pain fee. Okay. So that to me is big corporations, especially like banks, you know, where you have to present to multiple layers. Well, anyway, we, I, it's scary. Lah, multiple layers. And then before you even hit the top, when you hit the top, maybe everything is all wasted, right? They go like, oh, we didn't want this. So we've gone through that. So those projects, I definitely put a premium over it okay. because you just know it's going to take more time. Right. It's going to take more time. It's going to be painful. Uh, other than that, I think more or less about the same. I mm. not say because they are big brand versus they are cafe. Uh, so like say if Nike and Beyond the Brands are both nice clients all, yeah. both equally difficult yeah. clients yeah. so you will charge both the same la. But depending on the project la. I mean if it's like, a the same logo amount. for yeah. the same thing yeah. Yeah, I think so I don't think I will, I will go any different unless I think that this is a global rollout again uh, right it's different uh, because even photographers have rights usage man. It's, if, I, if it's a global rollout or if it's a regional rollout when I know it's, yeah, the stakes are higher of course, then we need to do more, present more. Again, it go back to the work. 
Mm. When you go to the cafe, is you're the owner, I just show you two logo. Yeah, you like it, I tell you why, it's done. Mm. We wrap it up, but for a corporation, you, it's always layers and layers and mm. stuff. So don't, we build in the time. So it will be more expensive just because the time right. spent is more. Right. But not because, oh, because they are rich, so we charge them more because they are rich. And so let's say if I'm a cafe owner, mm. oh, maybe not a cafe owner, like a fashion brand, because we, let's go on fashion brand, and I come to you for a logo, then would you be, uh, and then I don't come to you for interior lah. Oh, do you like do you like it more that I come to you for logo or come to you for interior? Today ah. is the same because whatever we do, somebody will think we do we did the other. So sometimes if the logo is super cringe, we won't take on the project <laughs> if we are not doing it because people assume that you are the one the redesign right. So there are times where the logo was so cringe, like we go like shit. If we are not changing the logo, I will not take on the project because people assume, hey, wow, how come you, huh? how come the logo like that? Oh. <laughs> yeah. So it is again. We 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 corner ourselves into a, a space that is stupid, lah. Because you shouldn't be worried about such things. Yeah. But we do, lah. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. But most of the time is asking us to do interior when the brand is you can't touch the brand, right? Because the brand is really established. Yeah. So that's where the struggle is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you need to decide whether you want to take or all, not. All, most projects that come to us, they are, a lot of them, the heritage brands, are very difficult. Because I feel that I cannot add any value to you or me. For me, any, any project that I want, it has to be win-win. Right? It's a win for you, win for me. If I do, uh, let's say, put donkey chicken rice come to us, uh, I will not take on a project only because it will satisfy you, it will not satisfy me. If it satisfies me, it will not satisfy you. Oh. It cannot be a win-win because... To me, heritage food, people want their comfort, right? So, yeah. it, it, and their brand is already rooted. Unless you say you want to start a new chicken rice brand. Yeah, a new yeah. brand, completely new. Okay, then we have leverage. We can do something interesting. Mm. But if it's an old brand and they want to just change a little bit, it's very difficult. Mm. And there's no way to justify the premium that you're charging if, you know, you're not just changing, picking a little bit, making, yeah. making a you know, package or, you know, yeah. So, it's not interesting. Lah. Right. And so, so if I'm talking and I'm like going to the frozen space, mm. right? Then I'm like, hey, you know, how do? You... So with that kind of scope, like what is a what what is the dollar amount for a premium thirty percent thing look like? So I want to go into cold storage, do uh, frozen chicken rice off at Seven Eleven, right? Uh, yeah. This prepack one lah. Wow, we never done something like that. So. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, Michelle is my Michelle is my money. Yeah, okay, so la, she yeah. will usually work out the fees based on again the hours we spend. Mm, yeah. Okay. National Gallery. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about mm. that. You have fifty designs. Took three months. Yeah, more or more. We have more than fifty. We shortlisted in the end. Maybe fifty. We we have we had a lot. If you look at the number of logos we did, it was crazy. Yeah. And then at the end of it, I think the the final shortlist was six. Oh. Uh, which we presented to the board. Oh, which six? I think four of them would be logos that you put up and nobody will say anything. Mm. Like most of the logos you see mm. of any public interest, they are just innocuous. The logo is there. Yeah, okay, it's a logo, right? So we had logos that were quite nice and based on growth, you know, based on architecture, based on very, very safe and sound kind of concepts, approach, and then you put it up, okay, everybody will be okay, right? It's, it's okay. And then... And then we have one that was wow. I was okay. I was I was a bit uncomfortable already from the beginning. Like, okay, it's just, hmm, but I guess 
after speaking to Eugene, who's the museum director, right, and, and he was really, you know, aligned with, with what we wanted to do, which was propel, you know, if it's an Asian museum, and we all think about history, it's all old stuff. You look at Asia, you know, look at all the, you know, art in Thailand, Indonesia. So, but we wanted the museum to be forward-looking. And part of the branding that we did for them, the values was really forward you know, so we looked at, you know, Bauhaus, we looked at how postmodernism, we wanted to propel the museum as a platform for the future. And therefore, that, that gave me the gusto to present to the board. And then when the board said, Why, what do you recommend? I said, this is the identity. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they said, okay. I mean, obviously it wasn't, there were again, out of the six logos, there will be two that is, yeah, unanimous. Yeah. And this one, uh, I didn't sit well with some of the board members because of this project that we had to go through a, you know, a lot of rounds, oh, obviously yeah. the, board, the board at the end. So it wasn't... Uh, so feeling, right? It wasn't from there. So I already knew it, even if we put it up there, it would be controversial, for sure, because yeah. it's such an old... And, you know, but because you building. spoke to Eugene and, um, and he feels aligned, and so you have one, at least one person backing you, lah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the museum director is important. His vision, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. the one that is curating all the art in there. Yeah, right, right. So we felt that if we wanted to to do something that would propel the museum, yeah. you know, forward instead of looking back at you know, uh, art through uh, the ages. Yeah, because it's not about you, Marcus. You're doing it also with his vision in mind, wanting to take it forward. And yeah. So if it aligns with the vision, I think the product at the end of it have to support the brand, right? Mm. If you have a brand that looks like that, but everything else is very old and you yeah, know, yeah. and then obviously it will fall flat. Yeah. So the, to me, the, the 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 content was what that inspired us to then okay. Yeah. So did you? Did, so that's I mean, I, I wanted to go back to a little bit of the process a little bit, right? So like. They they probably other studios pitching and then you mentioned to me that like mm. one of those like wrote you a very nice letter to say yeah. Look, like, wrote to uh, the museum oh the museum wrote to, she actually wrote to the CEO wow better so she she gave me the letter she said wow you have a fan what? so we were the last two that pitched for the idea the last two and we won out at the end and so, so you pitched six you pitched six or something like that. no 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 we I think it was during the selection. Okay. We gave ideas. So then after that, we were selected. Right? So it wasn't like a competition until the end. Right. So we were all in. And then after that, we won the project. So we were redesigning it already. So oh, we, so uh, the six logo come after you won? Yes. We were the designers working on the project. Lah. So we did from mm. 200 to 50 to 6. Wow. It's all from us. Lah. Yeah, yeah. Because we, it, it wasn't a, oh. a competition in that sense. So in the end, it was just us. So But they were close in winning the project. Oh, and you know, so, like they were same. They present in the you, you saw their work. Or, no, or no, no, or, you know. no. We didn't. We didn't know at all. We didn't. We didn't know until when the thing went out, and then I remember it was a Sunday. Huh. I got a call from Swiss Times. That, wow, hey Chris, I want to talk about National Gallery logo. Yeah, wow. Do you do you expect such a big uh, a ruckus? <laughs> hoo ha! Really? I didn't know. They were, I, yeah, tell yeah. me what's going on. I don't know. So she said, "Wow, well, you should look at. I don't know whatever." So yeah. then it went on today paper as a cover. And yeah. then I kept somewhere. Went the Straits Time. All this. There was a debate, and I said, "Like wow." It, to me, it was like, I. It was great. The platform for me. Yeah. Conversation. I said nobody would give two shits about logos, but then suddenly you get the nation talking about logo. Um, and then I, then I I was very excited that marketing uh, marketing Asia I think the magazine yeah, did an interview did an interview uh, and I was very happy that I could air my piece there lah. 
when people say, oh, people find that it, it's a little bit too simple, like a kid's drawing. And I say we should always take inspiration from kids because they are pure, right? They, they don't see bullshit. They just give you what's straight on. And then I, I find that as a compliment, you know? Yeah. It's the, it's, the, it's the latter public uh, record uh, for uh, the other company that gave to the, the compliment. Yeah. Is I, it? Oh. No, no, no. I mean, you give to them. Yeah, oh, okay, okay. okay. No, it would be great. To, you know, to, like, hey, hey, put that, you know. No, la, <laughs> it, no, that, <laughs> but, but they were nice. La. I mean, they were really nice. Oh, that's uh, great. To, yeah. To write yeah. that to, to the CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which, uh, I mean, is it? Which studio, which person? Cedric Richardson. Mm, oh, like more studio. Mm. Right, right. Actually, who worked for Cedric Richardson before? I'm sure Young? a lot of people. Uh, yeah, maybe. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Um, but I think, like I said, I think if that project, I think everything comes at a stage of your career where you have certain confidence and then you can pull it off. Like, and you can pull mm. I think that project landed on me maybe 10 years earlier, we would have done something safe. Like. Mm. And uh, they would have been something nobody would bet an eyelid uh, on. Yeah. Uh, so I have no idea about this hotel project because you mentioned about like four years, a million, what, what not. I mean, the process of it, right? So, uh, I mean, do you mind if I ask some ignorant questions? Sure. Okay. Uh, so the, the first conversation, the, the, you pitch some ideas or the guy have a call for uh, designers to design a hotel. Like, usually it's a private owner. Right. You're talking about Warehouse Hotel or Hotel Projects in general? Oh, it's, does it look the same for... It's different uh, because Warehouse oh. Hotel was uh, the owner the owner and the brand is one person. Typically, hotels have owners who own the building. Mm. And then they look for brands like you know Hyatt, they look for Marriott Group. Yeah. So they look for different management companies. Mm. So typical hotel projects, you have two sets of clients. Oh, one is the owners that look for you and then the other one is the brand management, right? Who, who runs either the higher or Peninsula or whatever. So, yeah. And you have, so you have two, which is a bit more complicated. So you charge a bit more pain fee that's two lah? Uh, not really because they're all like that. <laughs> oh, they're all like that. It's yeah, just a warehouse hotel, a special case. Yeah, well, we, we were lucky that we, I, I, on high side now, I didn't know how lucky uh, we were when we, when we landed on warehouse hotel. And it was a passion project. So the owner, Mr. Chong, wow, he was like, Let's do it, you know, everything we do is like, oh, let's do it. So he had a lot of passion. And the, so it was such a uh, uh, smooth, not what was it smooth, but it was, it was a nice project. Like. Basically, the experience yeah. was nice oh. from beginning to end, you know, and then we got, uh, lo and behold, to manage the hotel mm. and thing which I worked with, worked with for many years. So, mm. uh, so I knew he was looking to manage a hotel. So, so yeah, so everything came together nice. And then, then we started getting calls from hotel groups and say, oh, we saw it, we love it, we want to do hotel. So then we started to get involved in hotel and then I realized how different it was. <laughs> how different, how complicated and you know, it's not easy when you have to mitigate between owners. Okay, if the brand is strong, when the brand dictates everything, so the owner just spend, right? Uh, yeah. A lot of time, owner, obviously the owners want to cut costs yeah. and the brands want to have the best. Then we, we get sandwiched like, in between. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's complicated, yeah, that way. La. Right on, right on. Mm -hmm. And and like like if like knowing that upfront, do you now be like, okay, this is the minimum spend you need to spend with me. Owner, you know, sign off. It might be more, might be less, but this is the range, la. This is you know I don't think we think of project in money terms, la. we think of whether we can get a good product out there or not first. 
Right. All you know, uh, the money yeah. we don't say, hey, you cannot earn one million, we don't take one. I don't think we don't No, no, but not, 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 not saying that because the, 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 the owners want to budget ma. Hmm. Because if you don't know, keep running cut yeah. costs, then the, you, you, you. So it depends if it's a great project. And not uh, a great project, you cut my half fee, my uh, cut my fees into half, I will still do it. Oh. Because it's a great project. Oh. There's always this thing about yeah, potential yeah. or realizing something that you love. Mm. And that puts us in a vulnerable spot when the client know that hey, I got this project you want to do like, but my fee is only ten bucks. Like oh shit, oh, should I do not take like, ten bucks? Always, it's always like that. Versus a, a project that is not so exciting, mm. you know, with a lot of money, even that you think twice whether you want to take or not. Right. And then do you? Because I know like uh, interior for HDB or whatever they price the coat with the the build, right? But you guys just do design, design, yeah, we right? Don't, we, yeah, we don't do a turnkey. Turnkey, mm. you price everything in and then you you do a con- your contractor is part of you. And all. We, mm. we don't like that. We like to be more professional. Right. When you're just doing fees, you're doing a supervision and then contractor is third party and we don't get involved. Mm. It's also e- easier to code, I think. The code, you might make less money but less headache also. Yeah, less headache. Yeah, you're right. Um, like, to be honest, I don't know what other interior companies charge. To be honest, because we won't know. Sometimes when we okay, like, okay, just ask the client. Why. Yeah, but not all clients will tell you. They only tell you when your fee is twice more than their. Yeah, then you know already what. Yeah, then I go like, huh? How can you survive with that kind of fee? No, not possible. Right. So sometimes we go like, we can't take on a project, and then we wonder why. How can another company? code so low because it's a lot of so maybe they really want the project no, so, right? yeah, 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 it's the yeah. same thing right so there's always this thing about somebody who really want you don't mind doing for nothing mm-hmm. yeah yeah so and then the, the fees is 50-50 or you do I guess for bigger no, projects you 20 10, 10, 10 20, 30 because it's 2-3 years and oh yeah so they, they break it down yeah so right, right 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 longer longer have you ever pitched a project that never came to you and never asked for the code. Never. So like you really like this brand and you think you have a vision for this different, make it different or this new product line. Have you ever done that? Mm, proactively. Ah. They're not seeking out. Yeah. Ah, don't think so. Mm. Okay. Think okay. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, we have this thing about not pitching from day one. Uh, today, it's a bit different the landscape but for the first, at least, maybe 15-20 years of our existence, we don't pitch for projects. Uh, because we feel, when you pitch, it's like a beauty contest, right? You go in immediately naked, there's nothing to talk anymore. And, and pitching is like this, free, giving free ideas. And the client is like, oh, you know, I like your idea, but I, I only want to pay half. Mm-hmm. There's no way to negotiate. Basically, you can only say yes or, of course you will say yes because they already say they like the idea and they'll pick the idea, right? So I believe free pitching is, is very bad for the industry. Um, so then we ask for a pitch fee which is about 10% of the actual fee mm. and some clients they pay now so they pay oh, pitch fee yeah, I think it's fair then everybody gets a pitch fee then you put in time right? otherwise yeah. you just get the freelancer and just do this which is no point as well yeah, then the, I did the, the pitch not good no good yeah so I, I feel pre-pitching so for the longest time we don't, we don't do that um, but now I think post-COVID is very different yeah. so it's a bit more so we still try to say okay we give you thinking, concept, but we don't show you certain things or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Ask if they're okay or not. They're okay, then you go forth. Mm. Right, 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 right. Mention that sometimes you look at projects and you alter their business models. Uh, 
No, I, I look at companies. Mm. You're talking about asylum business model, is it? No. No, no, like um, like a project that comes to you and then, I don't know, like a frolic or... I mean, just randomly. Um, what we have done for restaurants is huh. before is to take uh, half in fee and half in kind. So, for example, we would uh, quote this for this restaurant. They go like, oh, I really like your work, but then your fee is too high. So I say, why don't you pay me half the fee and the other half will put it as credit. Now. So we will eat the restaurant for free oh. until you take off. So we had a lot of restaurants. At one point, we had like four or five restaurants <laughs> in Singapore that we can just bring our clients or bring anybody. Like, company parties, just go and eat. And then they just did that. <laughs> we did that for a while. Uh, and then some, some projects, yeah. uh, like Four Fingers was one. Yeah. Where when the client came to us again, they they thought our fee was too high. So then we proposed uh, how was put into this clause for two years. Each new store that they open, we get a royalty, mm. which is great because then if you are successful, then we are successful. Mm. So four fingers, we did that. Unfortunately, after we designed the first two three stores, then they had an internal issue, so they had lawsuit. Yeah. So they trying to sue some partner out. So then they, they were stagnant, they didn't grow yeah. until somebody bought everybody out, I think two, three years later, and then and then they went crazy, right? Now you see yeah, yeah. girls everywhere. So, and so do you still you do you still the no, clock? Miss out because it's only for two years. Ayah. After that we don't have any more. So we've got a uh, done. Should be lifetime, <laughs> uh, lifetime. Yeah. Or ten years, <laughs> or ten years. <laughs> I see. So that's you you mean that's more like um tweaking the code a little bit. Um, yeah. Do you ever have, like go in and tweak their business model? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what's I, mean, I, I, I look at businesses, I feel, because I also run different businesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so therefore, when I look at certain things, I, I will try to talk to them about certain issues like how you measure um, um, sales per square foot within a retail space, for example. Right. So I understand how do you look at uh, humans that came about to the store, you know, uh, uh, how do you position your products so that certain products get pushed forward and then, so stuff like that I can share with whatever I have uh, knowledge that I have um, and then also for restaurants I mean if I when a client comes to me and say oh we have this restaurant but I don't I'm this cuisine that cuisine fusion it's, it's very difficult you need to have a key focus for a restaurant nobody go there to eat interior right uh, okay uh, some, unless you are convenient you know you are like a space where the food is just there but people are meeting other people, right? right so right. for restaurant, you need yeah. to have some kind of focus. Yeah, yeah. So when I see the food that is in here, then I will share with them, maybe you need to have more focus in mm. what kind of cuisine you're serving mm. and then, you know, see whether within that market is there competitors around you. Because a lot of people, when they start a business, they just do what they like and, and because it's something that they dream of, but they don't think of everything else. Like, mm. how will people uh, bite that idea? Will people like what you're doing, you know? Who are you competing around the area? I'm a bigger skeptic when it comes to any project. Okay, first I will question why would anybody want to walk or buy your product or go into your shop? Nobody is, nobody is interested in you. Yeah. Why would anybody, unless you have something to say, you have something to differentiate, nobody cares about what you have, right? So then you, from there, then you start to question and then you take the boxes, I guess. Mm. Yeah, so you clear the checklist, then you take mm. on, then you say there's value and then the client like, then you talk to them, the first combo, then you take the brief, their brief. Yeah. A lot of times the brief is a result of the conversation. Mm. Right? So you kind of, they thought they needed this, but truly, actually they, they didn't want this. They needed something else. Right. And then we changed that brief already, which uh. is easier than you take the brief and you come back. Because when a client gives you a brief, I expect to see Apple. You don't take the brief and then deliver orange. They go like, dude, you know, 
I wanted this. So during that session, you have to convince the client that yeah. they wanted an orange already. Yeah. Then you take the brief back. Then they come back and they go, wow, you're, you're great. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, they think you, well, yeah, which part of my brief do you not get, right? Right. So at that point where you're taking the brief is the most important point, I feel, that you can change everything. Ah. Then once you take the brief, it's too late, really. Right, mm-hmm. right. And so you sort of, in a sense, in some sense, reject the brief a little bit. Say, hey, this one, maybe you want to... Uh, you, test, then, you test, you if test. They are, yeah. If they are very strong on what they want, and then, then you decide. If you want, uh, with, with with one or whether you can deliver something to, to mm, work mm. Like, for, for him or her, you know. Are there something, are there times where, like, they you tell you, tell you, tell you, tell you, and then, like, you heard something differently from what they're saying? Uh, that you won't know until you present the work. Okay, yeah, okay. Which happens, of course. They go like, oh, I want to push, push, push. And in the end, in the end, they will shape it, shape it to become exactly what they wanted in the first place, right? And that happens, that happens. And of course, yeah. Okay. But, but, but because of your years of, uh, you know, doing this and uh, hearing on fish, you probably would know better about like, okay, you're the kind of client like, actually, you say you want this, but actually you want this other thing. Like, why don't I just give you this one? No, I think we, we choose our battles to fight. You mm. know, you, you can't be fighting for every project, mm. then it's a struggle. Mm. So some projects you go, okay, you know, by doing this, it's not going to kill anybody. It doesn't really affect what we do. But certain projects you that you really feel that strongly, they want to, then you fight those projects. Mm. So, I, you know, when you first started out, after you get out of your, um, the, well, I forgot the name of the company, but they left, lah, right? And then um, you start your asylum after talking to Jane, uh, yeah. and then Jane was first round I, I actually I was in OGV oh, yeah. and then I went to BBH right uh, so I was a design head of design at BBH yeah and then I left Singapore wanting to work in New York so I went interview twice I think and then oh. I came back and then I got a job I was going to move to New York oh and then I met Jane and then she's like Ayah, you always time want to play. Go to New York, play for a few years. After that, what, right? Why don't you start your own company? And I'm like, okay, sounds interesting. But I got no savings. It's okay, you know, we'll, we'll fund this, you know. We do together, but I'll put in more so that we can cushion the, the company. La. Yeah, she so, was, I was, I spoke to her, she was like very generous with how much she put in. And uh, uh, 300 at that time. Yeah. Was quite a bit, no? Yeah. No, no, I think she took out 300 at the end. Oh, after, she took out after I sold. After I sold. Oh, after you sold. So she put in, I think, she, we, no, she put in 30,000. Oh. I put in 20,000, if I'm not wrong. Oh, yeah. And, and then she put in 30,000 more for, as a reserve. Oh. For if you need to draw out. La. Right, right, right. So she put in, I think, 60,000. But we didn't have to, because when I started from day one, BBH was my client, it was my biggest client. So we had projects running. M1 or? Uh, oh no, then we had uh, CNBC, we had Levi's. Oh wow, uh, that's a great project. So we started there and then I sold the pro- a company one year later. <laughs> yeah. We'll come to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you started out, like I guess looking back, you didn't need so much lah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Design is you don't need so much money. You you don't not you don't have warehouse. You don't have products. You just need computers. Yeah. And then you hire staff. Right? Of course, you have nothing to do. Then you pay salary every month. Yeah. But other than yeah, but that, now don't even need the rent. Right. Just now co-working or working uh, cafe. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 rented a small office in Anxiang then. So and I had me and one girl that I hired, and then I bought four computers so that the office looked more legit. You know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 
Yeah. When people come for a meeting, they go like, hey, oh, they went out for lunch, but yeah, we have more people. <laughs> right, right, right. But very quickly, then Kara joined me already. Yeah. Kara was with me at, at BBH, at Ogilvy, you know, so then she joined me shortly after. Mm. And then Michelle shortly after. Yeah. yeah. I guess then looking back, like 20k would have been like more than sufficient. Maybe 10, I don't know, maybe less. Like than... You need more because you need to buy machines. Okay. You need to rent a space, yeah. unless you want to work from home, but I always felt that you, you needed an office space. La. Right. To put you in the right focus. Yeah, no, I just kind of want to give people an, an, like an idea or like they're, they're stuck in their marketing job, they work too hard, they're burnout, out, whatever, yeah. right? 30 grand, I think, is enough. Mm. I think 30 grand. To, to mm. buy machines, to hire one, two people, you know, one person maybe. La. Yeah. yeah. You need to hire somebody to do different parts because, like, if you are the owner, if you go and take brief, run this, run that, then you have no time to do the design work, right? Yeah. So I hired a, a like account servicing yeah, day one, yeah. So she can go and do all the meetings, I just do the work. Yeah. Day one, yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, because you want at least six months, lah. Oh, mm. yeah. <laughs> Just give it a good shot. Yeah, I think at least six months, lah. Yeah, yeah. But also, I think it's important to know, like, if you're a startup company, like, you know where your business is gonna come from, lah. Like, because if you wait for the phone to ring, it's not gonna ring, right? So you need to, before you start, you need to already network and know that there are projects coming to you. And you need to start, right? Otherwise, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like two sides of the coin. One is like, I really have people asking me and then I'm doing night job and I'm burning out plus the day job. But I'm still scared to, you know, get out and start my own. Then the other end is like, I'm the, the, the kingpin, you know. Yeah. I'm the, you know, I'm going to go out and they all come find me. Yeah. <laughs> so you're still doing your wedding? Uh, no wedding, you know, I gave it away. Oh, yeah, okay. I give it away. Yeah, I'm still doing that. Okay. Yeah, so I, at, at the end, it was uh, I was doing half a million dollar wedding, mm. and um, I feel like still young, you know. You know, explore. Yeah, I can explore lah. So I put a video. Hey, you know, anyone want to be a wedding planner? Give me for free my company. No way. <laughs> yeah. So I just spoke to Wanti and uh, um, interesting. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, meet up with her soon. Yeah. Yeah. So the, like open call. Yeah, okay. people wrote in and picked the ones that are, I like. Then I pair up with my friends or wedding planners. Okay, then they okay. can learn from them okay, also. Okay. Yeah. So you started the newsletter thing first, right? The, the cafe, because you have four issues of the like, newspaper. That came later. We have a shop. So when I, when, okay, I sold my business and oh, to yeah. Fallon, and Fallon, only because, I sold it because my two friends wanted me to join them when they started Fallon Singapore. It's a US-based agency. So when they started Fallon, so they bought my company and renamed it as Duffy Design, which is following the US. So okay, like, why not? So I sold the company and Jane got bought out quickly mm. after that. Um, and then... Of course, uh, uh, why don't you ask them to just join you instead of you? Fallon? Fallon is a huge agency. No, like your two friends to join you? La. No, because he's, they are advertising. They are advertising. So their life is entwined with advertising and, you know, so one is a copywriter, one is a they, they are not going to, because mine is a design studio. Mm. It's quite different, you know. But you thought, oh, that's true. Uh, and then, how, can you, uh, you know, more details on like the buying process, like due diligence, accountants and all that. Yeah. How's that, how's that process look like for a design agency? I think, you look at your numbers and then you can look at a multiplier. So, but end of the day, all this bullshit lah. Whatever, if they want you, you just name a price. If you want, they'll pay for you. Ah. Yeah, if you... If so they're, they're, want, they're buying headcount lah, or they're buying your, your clients? They're buying my expertise because they wanted a design studio together with the ad agency. Because in the US, they have Fallon and they have Duffy. Right. So they are, and then, so they wanted this capability 
from day one. Mm. So then Kelvin, who's my f- friend, or Kelvin, Kelvin was my partner. Ah, Kelvin was your partner? Kelvin ran the Fallon. Well, you two look alike as well. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelvin ran Fallon, and then Yang, who's a, my buddy, uh, he was the art director. So those of them are their writer and uh, copywriter, uh, copywriter so and art director. And you just... Designer. So did he propose to you a prize or you proposed to it's him? Not, it's not him. We have to, I, I dealt with the US now. He oh. just told the US guy, say, I want Chris, so get him. So then we did this and then and then for three years we were playing lah. Three of us, can you imagine not much work got done, you know? <laughs> we were playing ping pong, we were doing all sorts of stupid things in the office. So well, I'm sure you made you made enough to, you know, keep 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 uh, keep the lights on. So so after that, uh when US something happened in the US. So Fallon and Duffy fell out. You know? mm-hmm. So they had a thing. So we couldn't be named Duffy anymore. We have to be called Fallon, which Fallon doesn't have a design company, right? So then I suggest just let me go. And they, they say, okay, sorry, we screw up our relationship. You can walk away so, free. Uh oh, for free. So you didn't even didn't buy back. back? No. Oh. I just walk away. Wow, that's that's a that's great. good luck, maybe, yeah. Yeah, that's really, yeah. <laughs> and that was during SARS. So it was the worst period. The two years, the two years that SARS happened, uh, we were in the raid for the first time, I was I was protected by Fallon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, three, oh, four. I wow. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 really good. Yeah. And then as as when I came out again, I said, okay, what do I do? Then we started mm. the asylum shop mm. together with the studio at Anxiang. Mm. That's when we had the shop and we were selling music, books, and mm. fashion and and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, but talk about the shop a little bit and uh, but because I was noting on the newsletter thing. That came the, later the, Oh, that after the shop, right? Yeah, yeah, after yeah. the shop. It came later. Came Interesting. Later. Came later, yeah. So you already know like when you come out, you're like, okay, the shop, like, we're going to have a shop. We need to do something a bit more exciting to the retail landscape. I wanted to, because retail was very boring. You know, there was no haji, you know, nothing. All these, you know, all these malls and all these brands. So I wanted a shop that would sell inspiration, right? So it's stupid, but it's, we did that. Like, we sell all sorts of nonsense like, like products and books. And then we have a lot of talks. Artists will come and do talks. Uh, musicians will come and play in our shop. So it was really a lively kind of live wire space for mm. people to connect. And we met all these, uh, the community through that space. Oh, wow. Um, so it was a good, good, good period like, when we had that shop. Mm. Yeah. How long did it last at the shop? Uh, about five years. Five years. Mm. Yeah, and like then when we move out, the time, um, the branding clients you took you left with you. Yes. Samla, right? Yeah. Uh, and then after that, uh, they they do that, and then you also have this shop thing. So so yeah. that one stabilized the business. Yeah. And then the shop thing. The play. shop was great because it, you don't have to worry about renter, right? It yeah. Basically, it's covered by the studio. Yeah. And I could do whatever I want. So we will bring artists in, we'll do, you know, whatever. Lah. Basically, we actually, we, I started a music label there. Yeah. So we could design CD cover because I never got to design when I was a kid, right? So, okay, let's do CD cover and stuff like that. So it was that period that we had that spurt of creativity, I guess, during that, that, that yeah. period. Lah. Yeah, it was fun. Fred Perry came up on that as well, right? Mm. So, um, and so the newsletter, like, only come after, after. The uh, shop is that I or think during the shop? Uh, right about the time where we after is after, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe at the end of our shop, where you know in those days like 
IS magazine and Jews were in all the like cool cafe right, right, that period. Right. So we said, wow, what we do actually affects a lot of people like cafes and restaurants. Why don't we do it? And then I knew all these guys from all the... So I said, hey, let me put my newsletter in your shop. Lah. So every cafe you go, you will see our newsletter and people just pick it up, right? Like it's, it's, like, it's a newspaper. It looks like a newspaper. Yeah, like IS or whatever. Basically, you just read for fun, right? Yeah. And that, I think, got us out, lah, I think, a lot more. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. you needed four issues, right? Mm. The news, and so like every quarter, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then the book came after, no? But we had one book before and one book after. Oh, the white book was uh, before already, is it? The the one with a lot of pins. Uh, that was... Shit. That was after. That was after. That was after. Oh, there's another book before the white book. So there's three books. No, no, there's two books. The grey, because now there's yeah, the... the Oh, the grey is before the, the white book. White book. No, the, the white book first, sorry. White book first. Oh, white, book first sorry. Yeah, white book, we did it around 2010. <laughs> yeah. And then the grey was our, our 20th anniversary. Yeah, okay. Mm. Okay, correct. So then get one. The website, because uh, I was thinking of marketing for studios in general, right? Mm. Back then, there was like nothing, right? We had no. We had a great website. We had a website that was all rubbish. You go to the website, you go like you, you have no idea what the hell these guys do, right? They they go half the time they go like, okay, what is this? So it's all full of rubbish. It was like some flies following the mouse. Yeah, and then you click, and then you go. I don't know. You spend half an hour, you don't know what's going on, but you you'll be you'll be entertained. Yeah, yeah, okay, Basically, yeah. And then after that, we start to and also in our early days, our name card was a booklet. Like a discount booklet where you can yeah I met multiple pages thread zone, oh. and then yeah so we, it's always kind of fun when we were young we learned, we were quite irreverent basically we just want to take a piece out of everything right just make it like what can you do this just do everything mm. and then slowly slowly then we became mainstream uh, in a way that we felt that okay maybe you know when you have a lot of fun already suddenly you want to be okay let's try to be serious for a while I see oh. if that, that works or not because the name is already crazy enough yeah. um, so you don't need to be shouting you know crazy all the time yeah we used to do all sorts of stupid things like, like Christmas we would give people like we stand to people like old lambs or something like that yeah just do silly stuff like. <laughs> And the shop was good because we could do our own products. You know, we did a whole bunch of notebooks that were silly, like basically like all oh, very smart, intellectual, yeah. And then we didn't know, we, we sold out all 5,000 books. Really? Yeah, like and people wanted to do reprint, but we said, oh, I think it's now that we have fun, right? let's move on to something oh. else. <laughs> the, the transition from fun to serious, like, was it also packed to the awards thing or that sort of? I think it's What's the, the maturity of the studio. I think it's this end of the day. It's the maturity of the studio. It wasn't packed to the walls, and you just slowly, you know, you just become more <laughs> less crazy. I guess less crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's like I, I think you when you started, you want to shout out to the world. Mm. You know, after a while, you just go. You become a bit more confident. Okay, you don't have to be so loud anymore. You know. It, Mm-hmm. you're still who you are but you don't have to be shouting crazy all the time yeah do you think it's kind of the same where like you know young designers always wear really really cool things mm-hmm. then I see old designers they're like I just wear <laughs> one t-shirt you know and one jeans <laughs> no lah that one cannot lah sloppy cannot lah <laughs> I think yeah you be no, nice t-shirt lah yeah, 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 yeah I mean you you you, you shout less lah I guess or you're, more, you're more assured so you don't need to be so out there all the time mm, right yeah after the book uh, and the shop, 
and then there's uh, the newsletter in the cafe and four issues and then that transistered to emails already is that what it is no e- email was before that when oh. we had when we had a shop we had e- we had email oh so the to, shop together yeah uh, together because we would talk about new products that we bring in and then we talk about new projects. We were kind of very entwined to the whole lifestyle thing. So you would read our newsletter, you're like, uh, is this about the shop bringing a new fashion or is it about asylum's work? <laughs> we put all into one, right? So you'll be entertaining for you to read. Right. So you read about Comte de Garçon, then you, hey, you read about, uh, we have this thing, uh, project that we finish, yeah. you know, uh, we basically mix it all together. Mm. That's very cool. At least the person who's reading don't feel like it's a uh, sale. Yeah, it's not about sale. sale yeah. It's about more interesting stuff that we put together. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to some of the boys um, saying, Instagram. How, how come? They were confused. Yeah. Why? I think only one, two years only, right? Instagram. No, we switched our Instagram. Oh. Because before that, it was my account. Yes, 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 yes. Right? And then I start to Basically, initially, even the Instagram was kind of meant to be what inspires me or whatever. When I travel, because I travel a lot, whatever I see interesting, I just post. And then I realized, okay, these days I'm also posting a lot less. But then, as a company, the company will suffer because I'm <laughs> less active, right? So then we switch to a proper account mm. where we show projects and all that. Maybe less interesting, but I felt that I didn't want my personal you know, whatever that was happening to me personally to affect the company. Mm. It, should, it shouldn't be anyway. Yeah. But in the, in the beginning, it was like that because nobody wanted to do Instagram. I was like, okay, yeah, I just signed up an account mm. and that became the company account, which it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. But it, it became like that, you know. Yeah. Well, I guess back then, you and the, uh, and the company is almost, it's a lot closer than yeah. now and the yeah. more team and all that, yeah. right? Yeah, I think it's important that I step away. Yeah. Yeah, because the company is definitely more than just me, right? Um, you run, I mean, the shop, you know, uh, and then there's the, after you move out, Fifth Avenue, shoe repair, mm. labels. Chocolate business. Chocolate business. Um, so my question is, I guess, for people, for designers, for studio owners who have never touched business before uh, as deeply as you, what, you know, would they miss out or wouldn't consider that you you do la. I think every designer should own a business because otherwise you cannot talk business. Mm. When clients come to you, you talk about colors, you talk about font. But when you understand business, you talk in a, at a deeper level how your design can transform the business. Whereas if not, if you don't own a business, you that's which is why a lot of clients come to designers. They go like, hey, you are giving me just offering of colors and font. Uh, and, and as a client how do I know whether it works or not mm-hmm. you don't have the insight to tell me why you're doing this but as a business owner I can tell you why this will work because through my experience I can tell you I can back up with you know what we do yeah. um, so I feel it's important for graphic design or designers because you are designing for businesses how can you not understand business hmm. uh, I think it's important that they understand businesses when you say what they missed out is sort of like how the relationship of design and business can synergize. Yeah. And also see how much design can impact certain businesses. Some is actually quite minor. Some is really major. So they have to understand, okay, in this instance, how much can your design impact the business? Mm. Uh, yeah, I think. And how, the, how do you then approach the project 
Yes. So what would be an example of like a, you know, designing impacting business by a lot? Um, yeah, I think for certain industries like fashion, like, you know, like products, uh, things that are itself already has high design value, like hotels, things that have high design value, like so, like even restaurants, when you go in, the space takes a big part of the consuming of that product. Mm. Whereas certain products like, you know, I don't know, bubble tea, if it's a great bubble tea, you, okay, like the design looks good, but it's not, it's not a major uh, selling point. Selling point that people go just because of the design. Mm. It just needs to be n- not that bad. <laughs> it needs to be relevant to what you want to sell. Yeah. I think, yeah, if you, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and so, on this sort of business angle thing, you saw many businesses, you know, come and go. Um, you yourself also have experienced that. Mm. You know, um, what was the hardest sort of um, project business you had to sort of let go? I think to me the the most difficult one to let go was definitely the chocolate business, because we started out with a great hit. Uh, obviously, we didn't have the production, so I had to go to a company that make they made uh, confectionaries for hotels, and we we told them that we wanted to do this. So they had a chef, so they provided everything to us. So we started the brand, started the shop, and it went crazy. We had like 30 countries that wanted to franchise. Can you put some numbers behind like the sales revenue and all that? The first shop that we had, I think by the end of first year, we were making a few hundred thousand profit already. Like 300? Uh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. But it was a good profit, enough for us to open the next shop and the next shop. So we opened up three shops year, yeah. in Singapore, and then we opened, up, we opened up in Shanghai even. Because wow. we were going to try, then we've we learned a lot of things. First things, because if you do not, we thought that brand could solve everything. As designers, we thought, oh, great brand, great product. Obviously, that is like winner. And then we realized, okay, if you don't have the production backing you up, you have a lot of issues. When things, uh, when food safety, when the food turns rancid, people complain, you you tell them, they're okay, they're not vested. You know, but we were, them kanchong, right? Everything not working. Then we realized, okay, then we told the owner, I said, why don't we do a joint venture, new company, so that you are vested like me in this. And the guy like, oh, no, that's not our priority. We just want to provide. So then we know we had a problem. So, and then whatever they were selling well, they were raised. So when we started at one bar, the the cost of one bar was 160. We were selling at about seven. Yeah. It went up to about 450. At the end of uh, two years, because they say, oh, ingredients are expensive today. So they just come out. They, they hold you hostage. Yeah, you, have, you literally have nobody else to turn to, right? So I spoke to EDB and they were like, we like your brand, it's making Singapore good. Is there good. no other uh, uh, we went, I went to Hong Kong to look for even more oh, chocolates. Or Daiva, I don't know. They won't do for us. Lah. We are too small, right? There, there are a lot of big chocolate factories that they will not do OEM for you. Oh. So the, and then plus we had a hundred flavors, which is fun, but it was stupid, right? Nobody could manage a hundred flavors. So in the end, uh, we had to I had to close it down uh, because it wasn't going anywhere. I told him do JV. He said not interested. So, so you try all the avenues for really, uh? No, we we spoke to even Pang, you know Pang who owns Antoinette, and now he's uh, so oh. he was a chef. So he was a dessert chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canale, yeah, yeah. and he was saying if you want to do this seriously, you have to start your own chocolate factory. So find a, a factory space, he will help me invest. And so we need to put in another 400,000. I need to do this thing, buy machine and all that. And that was when I go, okay, la, I'm a designer. I'm not really Wonka. Do I want to get so serious into it? Oh. And we decided not to. La, so we closed it off. Mm. Wow. Mm. And were you, was it hard for you to 
make that decision you didn't want to like this yeah. is successful you know yeah it was it was good that's why I think it was a good project I would have been happy to really you know expand and make it global but so we learn so actually you branding is not everything at the end of the day you need to have everything your business has to be sound yeah. if your business is not sound it's, it's but why didn't you want to sort of double down because it's still a cash cow I had Fred Perry, I had asylum, right? I already have like two day jobs, you know? And then I want, do I want to be a chocolatier? I thought maybe it was fun, but I don't really want to do that. Uh. But you could just get, you know, uh, a punk to like, hey, you invest lah. And then you set up the factory, then you half half huh? Yeah. But, but no like he wasn't interested. He was doing his own thing then. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. was just picking up, you know, from Canale to internet. So. Right, I guess you haven't, didn't find, yeah. Wow. Were you then also like very tired because of running three companies? No, I, I don't know. I, I was, I'm always very enthusiastic. It's just that, you know, oh, you know, I, I realized it's time to cut loss. I just cut. Like, no, no point harping over it. Yeah. 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 But if I didn't have any other business, I would really go all in on that. Oh, because right. the other two was doing okay. Right? Yeah, exactly. So I kind of was, I was happy. I was comfortable. Then I thought, okay, like, let's not do another crazy thing. And, and uh, <laughs> it was fun it was fun yeah yeah uh, I mean like uh, along the lines with um, this is also Fifth Avenue and the rest of the other that was part of that was part of Fred Perry and, right. and part of, in the whole Fred Perry business where we tried to find new brands we spoke to Acne we spoke, we spoke to even uh, Hong Kong IT and all this so a lot of the brands that we spoke to in the end, you know, we were lucky we didn't do because fashion is so difficult. We we were lucky that we lucked out on again Fred Perry, which is a great brand, and we do well. But a lot of fashion brands, so Fifth Avenue, they the principal became insolvent. So we had to close because even they, they were asking us to invest in them. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I only want to open a shop for you. I don't want to get involved in your business. Oh. So fashion is really quite difficult. Yeah. Especially yeah. you are mid-tier range, right? I mean now these days you either luxury or you are mess. Mm. You cannot be so in the mess, middle. I remember it's difficult. Like APC, like Acne, all these brands, they, I think it's tough. Lah. Mm. Mm. Um, your latest venture? Uh, artifact selling uh, plates and uh, bowls uh, yeah. at uh, Palace Renaissance. I assume Ren is uh, not uh, the cheapest uh, of all the places you could uh, have uh, set up a shop. Uh, so, you know, what do people missed out that you saw about selling plates and bowls? Well, this, this is actually quite, this came quite organically. It wasn't my idea. I obviously, because we did a project with the Kanto government, uh, Japanese government who brought us to Kanto region, to see all the craftsmen and mm. we were doing projects to try to revitalize all the Japanese craft. Mm. So in that trip we saw so many amazing, you know, Where, yeah. amazing stuff that the Japanese are good at. So I came back and then my wife she did her MBA and she was looking for something to embark on. Oh. And uh, she finished already, want to change the world. So she said, Oh, I want to do this. Lah. So she wanna do this. I said, okay, I already have this connection. And then and I think it's something that we love you know it's something that is part of design and what we do and we design a lot of restaurants so now we can also pick tableware and stuff it's quite relatable uh so then we jump on it like without thinking too much <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah but then like of all places to rent valet when it's on you know i think to me is is we need we need a showroom because a lot of our customers are trade you no know, restaurants so they we actually started online store 
Uh, for a good maybe eight, six, seven, eight months. Oh. But everybody who came to us said we wanted to see the product, we want to feel. So we needed, we know we needed a, a place. And actually, Palais is not that expensive. Is it? In the scheme of things, it's not that expensive because malls are charged by footfall. If you oh. open Ion, you'll pay three times more. Right. Uh, but Palais, you could also open at, I don't know, like a shop house, you know, at Geelang, at, you know, Chinatown next to Siahuat. <laughs> yes, we could. Yeah. But yeah la, Anyway, yeah, my wife selected that place. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. To me, it's okay. Uh, to me, because we just needed a place for people, people who wanted to see the product mm. go, mm. and that is good because the right kind of uh, clients go to that mall. So right. they, when they go and eat their lunch, they come. Oh, wow, and then they start to buy lah. So it's yeah, yeah the machine, machine sell and all yeah, that. Yeah, they're yeah. there, right? It is a good resurgence lah. That mall. So yeah, 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 yeah actually. Uh, and then has it broke even? Uh, is it? It is. It's made money from day one, so it's not losing money for sure. But the problem with that business is we keep reinvesting in it. Right? Yeah, you Why buy not? buy more products every time we go on holiday. We find new potters. Wow, so good. Bye bye. <laughs> Yeah, we went I mean, to New Zealand, we found new partners. We went to <laughs> we went to Copenhagen recently, amazing stuff. So we keep buying, 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 buying. Oh. Yeah. So you don't do you don't just like do stockists and then No, it's not like furniture where you buy one showpiece. Ah yeah, yeah. And then no, people buy place, they cannot wait three months, right? I mean you buy, you want it now. Oh. So we keep buying and reinvesting into it. Yeah. It's not for furniture is a different business because it's all wholesale. Well, furniture you just need one piece show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you sell the hell of it. People wait three months for it. So you almost are running a sort of retail experience shop business. Um in some senses, people buy it because of your taste. Um it's a it's a curation business. I think it stems out from us traveling and always buying things when we are away. Like, how can we find a nice place? You know, we go to Japan and it's very cumbersome to bring mm. place back, you know, if you're overseas. So we thought, okay, lah, we do this. But then you, run the, you might run the risk of like, there's one batch that nobody wants to. Of course. Then we do sale, lah. it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Can't win all the time. But yeah, I think as long as everything that we bring in is, is according to mm. the same spirit, I think it's fine. Artisanal projects are artisanal projects. So, yeah. Mm. No, but also, it, it broke even, which is like, you know, good mm. lah. No, it would be making money. It's just that we just keep reinvesting it. Right. You know what I mean? So, it's, you can't see any profit if you keep reinvesting. Well, I mean, if you stop your sales volume, you, you, you can lah. Yes. Yeah. But the, we keep seeing new things that we like. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is great. This okay, bad. okay. Uh, so I heard from uh, someone um, and leaving the name Innocent aside yep. that there's a there's an F&B project that you've done the project is done already you got paid already they invited to uh, the, the place and the whole team was there uh, and then something happened and then uh, uh, there was a passionate uh, conversation and then uh, the whole team left <laughs> was, did that happen or? No, what project in particular? I, 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 I don't know the project specifically, but uh, it, was, uh, uh, it was under the context of there was opening night. And then, uh, and then I think the, the client said something and something, and then you, get, you gave it to the client. Uh. <laughs> and I then gave you, it to the client. Yeah, and then you all, all walk out of the... No lah. So Re- recently? No, 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 not recently lah. Long time ago. Yeah, long time ago. Long time ago, I would have done something like that, but I can't remember ah, okay. specifically which F&B client. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you would have done something, this is like, 
like you there was a few oh no 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 okay okay, okay. I think you're talking about this project recently the F&B client we didn't left lah basically we just stopped working with them they were being abusive to my to to our guys lah so mm. then we just say okay lah maybe we, we we stop the project terminate the project it's not like a show all confidence no no no, no. This, one, this one is this one is finished already you got paid already and opening night and the team was there to enjoy the whatever lah and then um, and then you gave it you, 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 and I think yeah it's years before lah years before lah opening yeah. night we were there and we walked out you after the conversation you walked out of course everyone follow you so <laughs> steady ah. <laughs> you didn't know. I don't remember. Okay, 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 okay. If you can tell me the project, I remember. But yeah, but uh, uh, uh it's uh, it's okay. You can tell Sh- me. Sharin, uh, Sharin days lah. F and B. No F and B. Maybe a bar, maybe a. Oh, okay, I remember. Yeah, I'm old man. Shit. But you would have, <laughs> you imagine yourself doing that lah. Of course, I fired clients a lot of times. Sometimes it's unwi- unwillingly, like I through email chains. I didn't know the client was in there. I replied like, what? The, <laughs> the client was in CC in there. I'm like, oh shit! Then the client go like, wow, why is Chris so angry? Oh no, 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 it's just internal. I didn't know. <laughs> a few times I'm so Bisha is very worried before you send any email please let me make sure that it's not internal make sure it's internal and not sometimes the clients are in the whole loop right? and then like rattle off nonsense <laughs> but what would be what would be certain um, reasons of why you you cannot be rude to you cannot treat the guys badly la, I think okay. there are some clients that are just bad they behave badly right? they think whatever they treat you like dirt then they put you down or whatever. Basically, I do not take bad behavior. Right. That is usually the case. Okay. Otherwise, there's no reason. Most clients are nice. I mean, even though some clients are really nice, but they are fickle-minded. So, they keep changing. Okay, we just have to change lah. But there's no, we will not get, I will not get upset. Mm. Right? You just, okay, then we need to guide them a bit. Mm. But unless they are really bad, then rude or whatever, I, yeah. There was this client that, this project, okay? They were sent to us to redesign. Uh. And we promised in two weeks' time that we will show him the first concept. Uh. Three days later, he called my mobile phone. They said, oh, Chris, uh, I'm back this Friday, which is, you know, two days. So it's like a week before that. Uh, can I see the your, your work? I said, oh, uh, it's meant to be two weeks from now. So we are, it's in the process. So we'll have to wait like, because I have to do internal my team. If I ask my guys, they will show it to me by Friday. He said that. I said, then take it in-house and fly off the phone. Just, <laughs> I just send everything back to him. Like, don't waste time, right? I mean, if you're so unreasonable, don't... but this guy is not a billionaire, so what can I have to say, right? <laughs> it's okay. But So basically, yeah, I mean, you cannot be unreasonable. Mm. Be unreasonable or like clients that call you on Friday and say, can you show me uh, three concepts by Monday? I say, are you working on weekend? No, then we are not working hard. You cannot expect us to do what you don't want to do, right? Ah, then we say, sorry, we can't show you Monday. <laughs> yeah. and, and then the, the how, how do you figure out the, the, the costing and all that? Do we find all or how? Ah, yeah, we terminate the project. Usually, uh, no, if they want to continue with what we have done already, they like it, they can continue. La. They can get somebody to finish it or whatever. Ah. Yeah, if there's a little, we, we refund projects also. It's okay. You can oh. refund. doesn't matter. Won't die. La. Okay. I mean, you won't die. La. No, la. everybody, I feel if you, once you let People take advantage of you. 
it's bad, especially your your guys, right? They are looking up to you to mm. defend for them, and then you just say, yeah, just take it, just take it. Mm. And most of the time, if you're not there, they treat your guys badly, right? Because when I'm there, they don't dare to do that. <laughs> when, it's, when I'm not there, then they start to do all sorts of silly things, right? Then I get angry, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> What's the... I mean, now that we talk about anger a little bit, I mean, you don't strike me as an angry person. No. Right? Interestingly, I don't think I've shouted in the workplace before. Yeah. Except for one time where we had this manager that was stealing stuff. Uh, yeah, it was not for asylum. It was not for asylum. So, asylum, I don't think I've ever shouted or yeah. raised my voice. And so, like... There's no need to, you know, I mean, what we're doing. And so, you, like, the guy must be really stepping on your toes for you to be firing or, or him. Oh, no, yeah, he was stealing from the shop and he was still trying to deny. Uh, that got me like... Okay, but other than that, no. Okay, okay. Yeah, um... That's why people can work with me for so long, la. I don't scream at people. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fred Perry, huge success. At one point, 15 stores around Asia Pack. Um, like, what do you saw with Fred Perry that, you know, people like this? Because, again, it's just a polo tee. Yeah, I think right about the time when we started the Asylum Store, I saw the resurgence of the brand. I think they, they came back. They Before that, like a lot of the sports brands, they went into licensing, which means Indonesia, Vietnam, anybody can produce and just stamp their logo on it. Mm. So I saw that they were changing. They took back all their old licensing deals. Oh. Then then I saw them working with Comte de Gasson to do a collaboration. So I thought, okay, there's something there. And we tried out by bringing them to the asylum shop. And each time we bring in, like, wiped out. Every piece was like, everybody was calling us for more, right? So I thought, okay, maybe there's some business thing there which I didn't realize. So I went to London and I spoke to the MD. I said, oh, uh, maybe I should open a shop for you in Shanghai. Because I was going to Shanghai a lot and I was dating my wife then. And I said, I got nothing to do in Shanghai. So can I open a shop for you in Shanghai? Like, oh, yeah, you're based in Singapore. So why don't you do Singapore? Mm. And then I thought, okay. So I, and I opened the, the shop opposite my asylum shop, right? Yeah, so yeah. I can manage. So that's how it started, like, very organically. And the manager that I hired was the manager at Paul Smith that I used to buy clothes from, right? And he was a guy that I learned and we have a good friendship. I said, hey, come and join me la, from Club uh-huh. 21. So then we started the shop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it, I guess it feels like it grew, it's like pretty organic in that sense, right? Totally organic. Yeah. What What is the deal structure like uh, for people who are, you know, or do you learn something um, different? Like, like, uh, that's a 50-50 partnership. Okay. Mm. So yeah. profit split in 50-50? Yes. Mm. 50-50 partnership. And the partnership is a friend of mine that wanted to work business with me but has no interest in running it. So basically, he said he want to do something with me. And I said, I have this business for Perry. If you want to do this, um, let's do it together. I'm a, that's the amethyst, right? Yeah. Handshake. This is really bad by his handshake. And it's, it's worked out well all these years. Yeah. <laughs> so because I know that he was a laid-back guy. Oh. And he wasn't going to... He basically said you do, you run the business. I just want to be involved in some way. So what do you do? He can take clothes. Huh? Every season come, he go and pick clothes to wear. Huh? <laughs> oh. Wait, so, but then like his involvement, did he put up capital up front? Yes. Or? Oh, okay. He put up capital 100% up front. Oh. Mm. So right. I had the rights to the brand. I had everything else. He, he just wanted to join. So he, he put capital up front and we had 50-50 partnership. Ah. Okay, okay. 
That makes sense. And then what about your deal with uh, Fred Perry uh, side, MD side? No, so basically we have the rights to run Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia. Also organically, we grew from Singapore, then we said, mm. well, we can do Malaysia. Then we did Malaysia, and then, then we, let's do Indonesia. <laughs> Indonesia. Right. Uh, organically, it's just grew. And it's just like, normally for most, uh, most standard um, brands where they say, oh, you know, if you are a shop, then you can stock some of my clothes. But then for them, Fred Perry, I don't know, if, if it's like, oh, I need like a main store, like the whole thing only can sell Fred Perry, not other... No, actually, we were one of those earlier ones to transition. Fred Perry, like any old business in Europe, they are distributed to, you know, all the departmental stores. Mm. So there wasn't many standalone stores when we started. So when we started Ansiang, it was one of the early standalone stores. There were, of course, in London, there was, you know, in, yeah. in Covent Garden and all that. But around the world, there were many. So in a way, we were pioneers that they see outside of London. These guys can still operate a shop and do it successfully. Uh, and that's why they gave us, they were confident to give us <laughs> in Malaysia, Indonesia. We saw, I mean, no way. I mean, this yeah. today is very difficult to get markets like that, exclusive markets. But those days we were able to, and because I'm a branding guy, I designed the shops. Yeah. So they didn't have a platform then. Mm. So I designed the shops and they liked the shops. So they took some of my design also to use for other countries. Oh, great. Then, but now, of course, now the brand is very established. So they have a lot of, uh, yeah, they have a full team, they have guidelines and all that. But yeah. That's how we, we, we chance upon it. And so then, what's, what's the risk you run? Uh, just like rental costs and... Um, it's crazy. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, of course. During COVID, I died. La. Yeah, I bled to death, la, basically. Oh. Three years of... Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it was tough. Yeah. You didn't close any man? No. Wow. And we paid all our staff in Malaysia. You know, we had all this... Uh, yeah. Singapore was great because we have assistance from government, right? So yeah, we, yeah. they tried to defray our time. Like, in Malaysia, nothing. Like, they just say, <laughs> you're on your own. So you never... Uh, you How come... What do you, why do you want to keep the store running for through COVID? Because you can close and then you start again after the COVID. I don't think you can or it's good for the brand to do something like that. Like. I don't know. We were just trying to ride it through. Oh, I don't think you can just close everything and then open. Up. It's not for the, it's not good for the brand for sure, right? I mean, I don't know whether what London would feel if we just close out the shops. But I'm sure they will understand also, because COVID. I don't know. Oh, is it? <laughs> anyway, we didn't want to go near there. We just kept it going. Okay, okay. And now it's good again, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we can all breathe a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So we move on to. Um, Mm-hmm. Managing creative people. Yeah. Okay. You feel good? Need a break? Anything? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Uh, I mentioned uh, when designer comes in, you know, you know how long they're gonna give you. <laughs> when designers come, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I think in every person that works for me, I need to find out what's their motivation factor, right? So for young designers, they come here, they want a great portfolio. And it's from day one, it's like that. And guys like Edwin, like Yo, I know they all will eventually want to do their own thing, right? If they are good. Mm. So they come here in that three years, they give their best, they get a great portfolio, then they can move on to something bigger. Uh, so it's been, to me, it's very clear. And then so the guys that I have are pillars that I established long time ago that these are people that are indispensable to asylum. Yeah. Like Kara, like Michelle, you know, Elaine's part of yeah. it. You know? So these are the people then... Then we basically have a, a the the pillar that would hold the company, hmm. and then it's great to have young designers to come in and inject new 
blah, new thinking, and then they mm. come and go lah. Yeah. And so, how do you differentiate the pillars, um, like versus the ones that need to like to go? Do they say something differently, or they like you talk to them and it's just honest lah? Yeah. yeah, I always ask them. So, what do you want to do after five years? What oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's basically, what you want, right? If they say um, they just want to do good work or whatever, uh. but if they say no, I want to, I want to do my own thing. Most some people they already know and yeah. and they know I'm open to that. It's not like oh I think I keep all my secrets if you want to know that way. So I say, okay, if you want to do your own thing, I'm I'm happy that you can do your own thing. Just just within the three years, give me your best work. Lah. Right, 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 Um and then how, and then you motivate uh, the, the pillars, what do they look for long term, right? Yeah. Stability, they look for financial it has to be rewarded financially. Yeah, yes, you you want to have family in the end. Yeah. So they you have to be in those things that they feel that as they contribute, they take part of the reward. So they're all on profit sharing. Yeah. So over thirty five percent of my company is given away. Yeah. Uh, and we're always looking for new people to bring in. Hmm. And then I'm happy to share more. It doesn't matter, I think. Yeah. Hmm. How how so how do you how are you thinking about um the percentage of the company and the percentage of profit sharing for each one. Like, is there a sort of rough, loose model that you have or...? No, I mean, of course, best way is to have equal. <laughs> but it doesn't work that way because different time. Yeah. I think it's during that period where they join and they become maybe partners, it's different. So, mm. yeah, they're all different anyway. Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. But generally, they're not that far away as yeah. well. Yeah, because they all contribute an important part of it. And also, if they don't contribute enough, then you don't think they, have, they should be partner anyway. So once they become partner, I think they are already there, right? There has to be a yeah. percentage that makes them happy. La. So like, do you, like, like, I mean, but then if you're like, hey, you know, I'm a partner, but I give five, I don't know, one percent. Ah, then like, what, what like, oh. It depends. If it's one percent of hundred million, it's okay. That's true, that's true. That's so true. it really depends. At the end of the day, the cost, yeah, it, the, it depends the on their salary and their profit sharing on a good year, how much is it? If it's only one more month, then they go, hey, dude, this is all bullshit. Lah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah, if yeah. it's on a good year, your profit sharing should be at least a year of your bonus. Mm. Then they go, oh, okay, motivated, right? Bad year, maybe two months, uh. three months, but good year, uh, it has to make sense. Make sense. Way. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Oh, they really... feel that we are all working hard, then at the end of the day, it's not just me going on holiday, right? Everybody can go holiday. <laughs> At the end of the day, he's like, hey, why only Chris go away? Huh? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I never thought about it but in terms of uh, monthly salary. That's a good uh, rough gauge to, 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 to think. how much share they get. Lah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and then how much share, how, does the shares determine also like the direction of the company or no, just the financial? Financial. Mm. That doesn't mean that you. Yeah, okay. Uh, there was uh, one ex-employee that were leaving and then uh, um, you gave him doing straight uh, which you appreciate by the way saying hey um, you're not pentagram level <laughs> but the below one you can you, you can go start a uh, studio no, no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I told the staff yeah, you told it's the... not pentagram level yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but you go UK you, 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 I'm sure you can uh, work for any of the this studios below la. <laughs> uh, pentagram I said that <laughs> you don't remember oh, wow. no but we she appreciate he okay. appreciate um, so like I think the question is like uh, then what makes Pentagram so special and also like how do you different or stacks up to Pentagram like Asylum definitely we are not like Pentagram la. Pentagram is really based on all the partners 
yep. having equal share and even different disciplines. So they draw the same salary and they are made to contribute in the same way. And then end of the year, they, they probably get dividends and they get share as partners. So if you are invited as a partner and after two, three years, if you're not pulling your own weight, then you will feel stressed. Then you will get out eventually, right? So, but it's a it's something that worked really well for them through the years. I'm not sure how is it now, mm. but but we are not like that. We don't have different key disciplines. We are still under. If you ask me, I'm one of the partners in Pentagram. Yeah, it's not that the whole company is Pentagram. We, we are definitely not that strong. In a sense that we, or if somebody retire, somebody can take over. But they have like 20, 30 partners. So if one wants to go, then you basically do not own part of the company. It becomes part of, it's like a law firm, right? Mm. Once you leave, you are, you are nothing. Mm. And their work, right? Like Pentagram work, like to you, to you, what, what makes, why are they good? Why are they respectable? Mm, I think not just the, it's not about the, the, the key people in there. I mean, they are made out of personalities, but sure. actually as a collective, they are really a case of, as a collective, they are stronger than individual. Mm. Right? They are really, look at the body of work, wow. But then actually, it's really, every body have to pull their weight. Right. In terms of financial, in terms of portfolio, in terms of everything else. But if you look at one person, maybe it's not that interesting. Mm. And it makes sense for them to come together because then, um, they, one plus one equals three. Yeah. Yeah, and they, they tackle big projects like airports and whatever. Mm. So, and I feel it's important to have that. You know, when, when we when basically when we started Asylum, it was well, not my intention, but we knew it was important that we, we have to be of that scale to take on bigger projects. So that when people leave Asylum, we won't be fighting the same pool. Mm. Otherwise, it's too small. Yeah. Right. Then I'll be fighting with Yo and Edwin and all. So we all then become is then as we grow further, we is even more difficult for us because our costs go up. So eventually, we always need to find projects that we can take on a bigger scale, and then then everybody kind of find projects that they can you know uplift ourselves, mm. so that we can so we find projects regionally, mm. and then hopefully then they can find more, some space here to do some work, and then they can do regionally or something like that. You know. Mm. Then you do international work, and then. Yeah, otherwise it's very difficult. It's the same small pool, right? And then, yeah. Uh, one of uh, your employees uh, who, 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 who left, who quit, and then you gave him the blessing uh, mm. for, uh, uh, there was a company trip planned up to Italy. Mm. <laughs> uh, and um, you invited him on board. And the, the trip was after he, he left, right? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, is it really about good PR? Or why, why, because he, he could save a bunch of money. He contributed to that year. Our trip is based on what happened in the year, ma. Do you know what I mean? So, if you contribute to that year, and then just because you quit now or say you don't go with us, to me, it's not fair. La. Because it's like bonus, la. to me, it's the same thing. When you work a full year, you, de you deserve a bonus whether you want tender now or not. Your bonus is for last year, right? So, to me, yeah. And to me, also about chemistry, right? He's, he's great with the rest of the team. We go there and drink beer together. He's happy. You know, life is short. Yeah, I think it's about chemistry. Yeah. Um, and were you, have you always been so generous in that sense? I mean, you say it's fair, la, but you know. Ask people, la, eh? you cannot ask me, right? No, yeah, yeah. To yeah. me, I have a certain way I, I think we should behave. Right. In terms of being a boss or being a colleague or being a, a design company. So I feel 
I, I don't believe in people living in bad terms. Mm. Some some bosses like that. Anybody, yeah. wow, you're so tired. Well, once you leave, uh, wow, enemy, right? They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and <some> <laughs> enemy. Yeah. yeah, but for me, no. I think everybody contributed to who I am today, mm. to the company. So everybody plays a played a, a part in there. So there shouldn't be animosity. Yeah, and they are great. They want to be their own. You should be happy for them. Why why will you stop people from doing their own thing? That I don't get, lah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if they're fighting in the same pie and then, you know, they go out and you get less of a pie, then... So then it's your own insecurity. It's not about... Right? It's your own insecurity that you want to then make people push people down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To me, it's okay. Yeah. And, uh... Oh, yeah. This company trips that you go on... Not every year. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> Only when we make money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, we, it was it had been good lah. I guess when we when we went to places that we wondered why we went, like Auckland one year, we're like, oh, so we end up in Auckland. <laughs> we just wanted to go places that we don't usually go. Yeah, but you know, you could have saved the money and just you know pocket it or give people more um, salary or bonus or whatever. I think right? in the beginning, I wanted because I've been very fortunate through my work to travel a lot, and I wanted people to see because when you know. Today, for example, if you talk about designers, you have to design a five-star luxury hotel. Mm. But if you never stay in one, how do you design? You cannot understand the detailing that goes into it or, or the, the psyche of somebody staying there. Mm. Or if you design a retail store, right? If you've never gone shopping and you don't see anything, it's very difficult. So for me, initially, it was really... I, I found places that were exciting that they could... For, for sure, Japan was one of those. We went to Tokyo, went to Kyoto, different trips. You, they could see, wow, retail experience is like that. You know, uh, a restaurant is like that. So to me, it was important to open up, you know. And then we usually used to go based on like maybe one design uh, conference that we can still attend a conference, ah. something like that. So it was, yeah, it wasn't just go for holiday, like, you know. It was, right, right, right. But you feel that the money was more well spent than just giving them cash, lah. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I, th I mean, they would have gotten, I, I thought they... At that age, they would enjoy a trip more. Mm -hmm. yeah, and nobody said no, nobody said yeah, give me the cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's the decision you make uh, up front, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, they, I think they because got... some bosses would have just give the cash, you know? No, they got bonus as well. Oh, yeah, la, yeah. La. Uh, yeah of very... course, you want is how much money you give. La, right, but... La. Yeah. but because it's off work, if you go holiday, ma, the mm. studio closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. good. I think you we get to know each other better. It's more fun. Even though I think so, as years pass, people move jobs more frequently these days, right? Mm. So it's harder. Before mm. that, like, people would stay. At least you stay for two, three years. You know, mm. that is okay. But now it's like, oh, you join, you go holiday, hey, you quit. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I put you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for designers, the new designers come in that you mentioned that they really want awards and stuff. Then you don't have awards already. Um, how do you? I think the kids actually they join also don't talk about awards anymore. Oh no no no! They just want to do nice work. I think. Mm. Yeah, I don't think awards is that important in a lot of their mind. Right. So it's like portfolio, nice, nice work. work uh, it's still out there. People know what they're doing. You know. I think that's important. Mm. With years of managing them, creative people, like, uh, how do they think differently? Or how you know do you manage differently with a, a suit and a creative? Like, yeah. I think design, the motivation for designers are quite easy if you know what they want. Because all of them, I think they are the best designer, right? Basically. 
so you need to give them a space that they can flex their work. And then once you they can do that, obviously they feel that they are in so I'm not the kind of boss that sit down and say, okay, okay, I see your idea, okay, nah, do this. <laughs> you know, then they go like, okay, you know, what have I been doing, right? So basically, I will look at their work and I'll create a certain direction and then let them explore on their own. Uh, so I've never been a very micro person. Mm. And I say, okay, this is the thing, but maybe you just tweak and all. And so they feel that it's their work. And all of them are proud at the end of the day that the work is done by them. So they are motivated by different things. As long as they can do great work, and then, yes. But if they feel that the work is crappy, the clients keep dictating, and I don't defend them, so it's important that I that the work that they do is being protected mm. in a way, so we can sell the work. Mm. So if you do the best work, but you can't get sold, it's also pointless. Mm. So my job is always there, I think in the first meeting with the client, to look at the brief and then shape the brief so that I know a great product can come in already. You know, you have to prime that. Mm. Otherwise, the brief is horrible. You know, <laughs> it's not going to be good, all right? So I have to prime so that, okay, I know roughly it's going to be a good piece of work. Then, okay, I brief that. They can do a good piece of work. Right. They can, right. They can sell. So what people don't do enough or don't, don't see is that they don't do the priming of the, the brief. They yeah. don't see the vision after the brief when it's passed down. It's not great so then at the start it's really shitty yeah. and after that when they maybe if they have a good brief they pass the the team then they direct too much mm. then the, they don't feel ownership of their work yeah. so these two big pieces and the last thing i think is to be able to pull out the work if you don't think it's right so at any point so sometimes you work with a client for three months and you know, ding dong, ding dong, you're too close to it, right? So in the end, you just want to get it done. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I would step in and I go like, this is not right. So at the last minute, I'll pull out. Huh. And I'll say, okay, we're not presenting this. Then Michelle, please tell the client, say, I don't agree that it's this. Let us redo again. Uh, so we have to restart the whole thing again. Huh. If, if timing is not crucial, of course, you're not opening the shop by Monday. I'm changing things on <laughs> Sunday, right? But always be ready to pull out when you don't feel it's not right. Huh. I think that that takes practice. Yeah, because you are too into the process, you get caught into it, it's very hard to take yourself out, really. But so, were you... I, I, was it easier for you to pull out because you're not like hands-on on the project? Yes. Mm. And what would justify some examples of projects that should be pulled out, or ideas that should be pulled out? Mm. I mean, just yeah. ground with some examples or whatever. Hard to think now, I think. But basically, I can tell in the process, there's a lot that you will just slowly ease into it and get into, or get trapped into a space where in the end, you know the outcome is not good. But because the conditions surround it made it like that. Mm. So then a lot of most people will just say, get it done with them, tell people, yeah, this client, blah, blah, blah. You know, then you come up with an excuse why the work isn't good. Yeah. So for, for me, it's important to just recognize that it's not good already, that better pull out and tell the client, say, let us redo again or right. whatever, yeah. So in some sense, you have an internal compass or internal standard that you know what does good looks like for you. Yeah. Right? And then you know if it's going down a hill, maybe that's a bar, la. this yeah. is great, then this is good, then yeah. like in between here, you can play around. Yeah. But if it's like sliding, so, uh, no. then you're like, okay, la, stop. La. Let's stop it now before it goes any further. Got it. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, mm. and and like, how do you manage the relationship with the client? That's the case. Do you, do you really appreciate 
because it's for the better, right? I tell right. actually it's not good enough. Let's, it's not like not good enough, but we are trying more for you. You know, we're going mm. like, and then we start again or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then the buildings, you, you didn't... No, it's okay. Yeah, okay. To me, I know there is a piece of product. Yeah, but it only works if you do the premium thing so you have buffer at the top, right? Because if you, you are super lean, then you cannot, right? Yeah. Right? Mm. Super lean. Yeah. yeah. Or, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you just charge, you know, like hours, then you don't have a low buffer to like, okay, I'm going to put more hours into this. Yeah. Mm. Makes sense. Um, and, and have that sort of pursuit of great, like never good enough, um, became problematic at any time? I think so. Always. <laughs> how Our job is kind of like that. We are always constantly pursuing unhappiness, you know. You're never happy. You know, it's constantly trying to... Like for me, every project can be better. And even when it's done, it can still be better. It's a problem, but it is something that I always... So we always try to do better. You learn from this time, try to be better, learn from it, and you always try to be better. There are many projects that I'm never happy at the end. Even Warehouse Hotel, I can say most part, but there are so many things in there that I would have changed and given the chance to. Interesting. Mm. And so then, like, if that's the case, um, how do you sort of overcame or reconcile or integrate it uh, to be so chill? <laughs> no, I think at the end of the day, you have your own internalization, right? It means it's your standard, what, what you want in a project. Yeah. And and it, certain things that I see, okay, if it's met everybody's expectation, they're like, but maybe I just felt it could be better. It's just me, right? I just want to make it better. I believe in this, the Japanese concept of Kaizen where always improving, right? You just improve, improve, improve. It's now you cannot stop improving. You can always improve something. Mm. Okay. So in some sense, there isn't the internal conflict of like, it's all, you know, it's not good enough. Like it never got to you. You just sort of like, okay, uh, this is the timeline, based on the timeline and the budget and the resource. Yeah. This is the best I can. You have to do you have to say that. Although I know that it could be better with more time, blah 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 blah. But I draw the line here and I'm I think not gonna yeah. look back and just no, like no, let's yeah. look just forward. move on, just move on. Yeah. Otherwise you have more time, more money, more there's so many parameters that can change, right? Of course you can do something, yeah. But... Yeah. Uh if we move a little bit to some random uh, family life part, hmm. uh, you know. Uh I, I mean I assume that you have quite a happy uh family life. Uh, child romantic uh, relationship with your wife um, how much do you attribute to luck or like intentionality the kid oh. is definitely luck right I mean kid is kid I, I, okay I, la, yeah, la, yeah, la. okay the wife <laughs> la, then the I wife cannot la. make my kid I cannot yeah, design yeah. my kid no no but you can set up an environment uh, what? Uh, uh, actually for me having a child is interesting experiment for me because I'm I'm learning from a child in a way that uh, now I can see how a child is really a genetic DNA of two person. Uh, some can be stronger, some traits can be weaker. But is so I deliberately when he was born, I try not to influence him mm-hmm. in terms of getting into design or art. Of course, when we travel, we go to museum all the time. He will get exposed, but I I don't uh, buy things for him to you know like go that route. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he just uh, he has not gone to art class before. And today he's still not into so but he takes out stuff and he just sketches very kind of naturally he does that. And he when he's bored, he'll just you give him a pen and paper and nobody he'll just he can spend 
time on it. Mm. So that's very interesting. Like, oh wow, I don't influence it, but you can see that in him. Yeah. Um, and then his personality as well. So I said, okay, shit, that's very much like me. So some part of it. <laughs> so it's quite funny, right? Like what? Like what? Uh, so trying to sneak away lah, trying to twang lah, eat snack lah, everything don't do, right? Get homework, don't do. You try to find ways or he got his ways lah, you know? And then try, he found out recently my password also, you know? So I'm like, ah, I know I would have done the same thing also. So now you know my password. You go and try out the birthday lah, you know? So obviously you're like, hey, wow, he found my password, I have to change, right? It's an interesting experiment to me. Yeah, yeah. Everything is an experiment. It's amazing. Wow. But because then he can parental control, turn off, can use the screen. Not time. there yet, but yeah. Oh, not there yet. Okay, yeah, okay, good I, I don't know how to set parental control. Oh, 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 I'm, not, okay. I'm not very good at it. So. Okay, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he's, uh, yeah, it's been a joy that I didn't expect. Mm. I think I, I didn't expect parenthood would give me so much joy. Wow. Given that before I was a crazy party guy. <laughs> yeah. I was going to zoo all the way until he was born, you know. So even at 40, I was still going to zoom. I remember it. I was going crazy. Confrontation that like, uh, hey, hey, uh, don't post the photo, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we used to go parties all the time, right? Wow. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that, that has been a big surprise, a big positive surprise. Yeah, and you sort of, because you enjoy it so much, you're like, okay, like, I just give up the zoo. Anyways, you close close, but you know, you can't go to another club, right? No, yeah, I, I went to uh, Sona this year, a music festival in Barcelona. Oh, okay. I, I felt amazing again. It's been wow. so long, like, wow, music. Yes. Some things don't change, I guess. Don't change. <laughs> what about, what about your wife? Because you, I assume you dated, uh, you know, a few people. And she was introduced by somebody, a friend. Yeah. But why, was, why is like you say, okay, this one I will invest, la. I would stick my ground on. Mm. Intuitive, lah. Okay. This is intuitive. Okay. I think purity is important for me. Purity oh, in sense. in terms of the mind, you need to be naive enough to believe in certain things. I feel I, in some sense, I am still quite pure. In a certain, I believe in certain thing, even though it can be stupid or naive, but I I want to I want to believe in it. So mm. I think that's important. Right. 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 Mm. Yeah. I guess the things that you believe in have worked out, right? Because you know we have known people who have marriages that you know fall apart because they believe in it yeah <laughs> at some point but but like maybe the same thing as as work right i mean when i left my engineering school everybody said now you should finish it because you should have a backup something to back up yeah which comes to the one of their questions that says uh, what is the worst advice they've been <laughs> having a backup plan I feel you shouldn't have a backup plan. Then you always kind of one foot forward and two foot backwards. You know, you're kind of like neither. You want to go, you go all in. Mm. Right? But you can't, but you, I mean, I'm challenging on that. I say you can go all in with a backup too. That's not all in. No. If you know that there is a backup, that is not all in. Because you will not fight as hard if you know that. You know what I mean? Uh? That's true, that's true. No, but also like, like if you don't have like safety net for your, like, you know, restaurant six months runaway, you know, and then you don't go in debt. No, right? but that's not backup lah. Oh. No, it's different. I'm saying backup plan. Like if I don't open a restaurant, ah, I can plan. still teach or I can do, you know, I can do, do. Right, right, uh, right, right Backup, right. it's not, it's not, of course, your plan, you need to be sound. You cannot <laughs> go in with no money. Of course, that doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I feel right. like before, when I, when I was doing engineering, I was like, you should get your engineering diploma. Mm. Then do whatever you want. Mm. But then I said, if I were to have more, I would not use it for anything else. I would go to become an engineer, which no, I would so not waste time. Yeah, no yeah, time yeah. Exactly. So I'd rather quit then, then, even though it's already two years. Yeah. I'd rather quit then, then finish it, and then. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's not the backup, it's a plan. Yeah. 
I remember you told me about uh, three months sabbatical in New York, turned six months. Mm. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, but I'm interested, more interested in the story uh, before the sabbatical. Why then the sabbatical? Because it was not like planned for like you know, seven years, we're going to go. Yeah. I was feeling angry at work, I remember. Like, I was just feeling angry because I come to work, I always solve problems, right? Uh-huh. Usually when it comes to me, it means got problem. Then they, if it's smooth, they don't need me, right? They're okay, Chris, everything okay. But once there's a problem, then I get involved. Yeah. Then I remember I was like, oh, my day is just filled with just problems. Uh-huh. And I cannot find joy. Uh-huh. You know, when you're a designer, you create things, and you, you, you find joy. But suddenly you become problem solving. Right? Every day is just A, B, C, D. So I got, got quite down. And I thought, okay, I need a change in the environment. Right. I felt that I couldn't just continue anymore. So, yeah, and then I thought I always wanted to live in New York. I have been given a chance and then I missed it. So I said, okay, I'll pack up and go. And I told Michelle and Carl, I said, I'm going to New York. Uh, don't uh, email me, don't CC me, unless somebody is in danger. Yeah, that just leave me out of everything. Right. And I'm lucky enough that the, the two of them can really hold the fort, right? And which is good, because then it feels that the company is not just me. Mm-hmm. So then I went six months and had a time of my life. And then I thought, wow, it's great. I must do a sabbatical every 10 years or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, was it instantly great or like, like and yes. You just landed and you're just like, Yes. Yeah. <laughs> New York is a great city like, to be energized. And the art scene is amazing. I did nothing much but just drink a lot and oh. go to art shows. And I learned how to play poker because uh, my friend John, John Clang is a photographer based in New York. Oh. He said, hey, I bring you go and play poker. So he gave me a book. I read a book on poker. I learned a new skill. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, skill future. Skill future, yeah. I learned, I learned how to play poker in New York. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I think it was really... I came back refreshed again. Mm. Yeah. And, and like, did you... How, did, how come you moved from three months to six months? Or with... No, no, it was meant to be. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And then uh, as part of the trip, I went to Argentina. Oh. And, yeah, Buenos Aires and Chile. Very nice, yeah. Yeah. Um, are there any other... So that was the only sabbatical or were there... Yeah, I'm planning another one. Uh, yeah, it's a bit more difficult now that I have a kid, right? But yeah. So we might... I'm planning to see if we can all uproot to Japan for a while. I mean, if you need people who have done that, I can introduce you. In yeah. Japan? Uh, in Japan, they have other countries, Europe and all that lah. Uh-huh. So they bring the kid along. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, just a couple of things to yeah. Yeah, school lah. School is a, so in in June I'm going there for a month to seek out. Mm. You know, where to stay in school just to see how. Oh, you to Yaling ah. She's there now. Mm. Oh, yeah. she's there now. Yeah, she's in. Yeah, they also one month mm. to yeah. Don't talk to me. Don't text me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah, I think yeah. it's something. Uh, of course, you can afford to do it. The, the, the infrastructure within your work allows you to do it. I think it's mm. great to just get out. Because people talk about traveling. It's not about traveling. It's about time alone, I think. Yeah. It's, it's important to have time alone, you know, um, to then re- reflect and then look at what you do and see what's next, what you want to do for yourself. Mm. agree. Well, I, I mean, you know, I guess, you know, with that, and imagine if you're writing your book, My Life as a Disco Ball. Uh, <laughs> what would be, how would you name your current chapter? Current chapter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. My life will be, there'll be a lot of blackout parts, I think. Okay, okay. In the book, there'll be a lot of blackout parts. <laughs> uh, but now, I think uh, being at peace is important. 
Mm. I think I am at peace with what I do, what I've done. What I'm... Interestingly, I've been feeling a bit like that since COVID. Mm. Uh, the idea of being at peace uh, and just taking it as it comes. Um, and people are saying, oh, are you ready to retire? I like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Unless I feel that I, I need something exciting to get me excited again. Mm. So I'm looking, okay, if I move to Japan, I can look into spaces and reconverting them and, and, and own part of it rather than just design as a tool for people. I want to own the programming or that. I think it's fun. So I need to find the next thing that would excite me. Mm. And the name of the chapter? Wow, the name of the chapter. You're a naming guy, one. Yeah, no, I'm not a copywriter, though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. That's a good, good book title, by the way. Yeah. And then, and then there was a, actually, there was a, a writer who asked me to give a soundtrack of my life, which was very interesting. So I came up with 12 tracks. Oh, okay. Actually, somewhere, wow. yeah. Okay, really. I, I definitely can see myself in music because music has been with me from day one, from mm. as a teenager to wow. now. I'm still very into music. So I look at, well, how to put my life in a 12 tracks. Okay, now there's a, each track already got title already, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, right now, Japan is coming up next. Um, is that also why you sort of been asking your, your staff about reti their retirement plan also? Yes. No, I, I actually, I, I always ask between me, Michelle and Kara, there's no secret, right? Yeah. Uh, if they don't want to do this, I'm happy to say we should call it a day. Oh. But if they want to do it, let's continue to do it. Because we've been this for so long. We've yeah. worked together for 20 over years. It's a long time, you know, almost 25 years. So to me, yeah, I see it as a family. If you want to do, we do together. If you don't just turn around, then yeah, oh. I'm happy to say we're, we're done. Then we can write the last chapter of our book. Oh, the last chapter, not yet. That's also maybe the next thing. Or oh, maybe the studio's book. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Uh, so I keep yeah I do ask them every few years hey so are you happy you're retired <laughs> they go like huh no lah I still got my mortgage to pay okay okay, okay, okay. okay let's continue doing this <laughs> <laughs> right 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 um, I think retirement is really about moving around for looking things that are interesting inspiring mm. to do oh yeah so my question was um, I was wondering how, 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 how did you come to the peace with this thing that you have built and just sort of like, okay, if we close, we close off. Did you... Actually, one of the questions you were asking, what do I see people who are successful today, right? Oh. And, and basically, uh, I, I find a lot of my friends who are successful are those who are very at ease with themselves. Mm. I think peace is very important that you know who you are and you have your journey and, and, and one person, some people say oh wow don't you want to be a global blah 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 not really you know, you know we have done what we can do and we have done what we have done and we should be happy mm. uh, and so what motivates me today is okay again we, a few years ago we talked about okay what is asylum's mantra or reason of being right we talked about okay the fact that we can make cities more lovable exciting you know, what projects we create in cities make people feel because design projects at the end of the day makes the city the soft things about the city that people love to visit yeah. so we are part of that you know landscape and, and fabric so to me that is something that I'm happy mm. that I can wake up contributing to what we do to make a city more livable mm. by creating projects that, sure. that are enjoyed by people. Um, how do you be so, you know, how do you let it go? Like, um, 
because it's, I mean, this is reputation. This is you know portfolios that you built over the years. You know, can easily get the next client. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's. I think end of the day, it's important. What's important for me is mm. I I can be happy, and then mm. I can see what's. If I want to find something exciting, I will continue mm. doing. Uh, if not, I'm I'm really, I'm really happy with whatever we've done. And that, has that been always been your sort of your the, how you live your life? I think so. Mm. Yeah, it's it's always about the journey. It's not about there's no end goal. Mm. So the journey is a great journey. Therefore, the people that we with us, we are happy together. And then so it's like going to a rave party, right? The, the whole, the yeah, whole yeah, experience yeah. is important. At the end of the day, when the sun comes up, you are happy. Yeah. You know, and then you are like. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, because there are a few people who sort of uh, were not living that way and then they sort of moved to change to that way. So that's a clear sort of demarcation. The first life versus the second life, right? Mm -hmm. How you see life. Um, but you have always been living that way. I yeah. think so. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, you don't have like a therapist. Have you seen a coach? <laughs> No, no, no. Like young people I have my wine, la. my wine. Oh, yeah. My wine is my therapist, okay? I... <laughs> young people these days, oh, you know, I need to um, go. Yeah, so your, your era is like, just uh, work hard, play hard. Actually, it's not by choices because when I started out, oh. I mean, my dad was made a bankrupt just before I finished my school. So I have nothing, right? I start with nothing mm. and we work for companies, get savings, then we start our company. So when you start with nothing, you're able to walk away. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, it depends. <laughs> I feel like some people start with nothing but have a chip on their shoulder, mm. right? So they are proving something. You always need to prove something. Correct. Uh, yeah, so it's hard to walk away when you always need to prove something, right? Right, right. Yeah. Right. But then it is, it's a zero-sum game, you know? You always... I mean, you, you can you try to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you yourself, like, were you like spiritual or religious at any point? No, I, I am the last person in my family oh. that is not spiritual. <laughs> and I'm moving, I'm going that way, okay? You're going not, that way? Not yet, not yet, not yet. Oh, you're going to, oh yeah, yeah, bring Ruben, bring Ruben. Not yet. Do you have any, like, uh, like, contemplative practices I guess you we say sabbatical is one of that being alone and mm. I think throughout throughout my work life mm. I've always had time to be alone like when I travel for meetings you know how as as sickening as they can be flying to Hong Kong for one night meeting then flying back the next day I have those moments where at the airport I can I'm alone mm. then I can listen to music I, I can mm. think about things la. and then I've always felt that I don't need to I guess when you're younger when you start out you want to prove to everybody that you're good at what you do right that's what we did that's what we said for a while what you, then after a while you go like okay I think I think maybe my ego is very small like, enough already after that okay hey you don't need to be better than any, anything else la. I think you it's okay I think it's okay oh. like Muji the brand no? just enough it's okay you know mm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and 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 so do you have any like I don't know meditation is like quite big, right? Mm. Uh, you I tried, I tried, a, I tried a five day retreat where you can't five day retreat without speaking, no talking. Vipassana, ah, vipassana. Yes, I did in Phuket. Oh, just, uh, I thought it was ten days. You cut half like you did. Yeah, like, I did five. Level days. one, one. Chicken out, chicken out. Yeah, five day. So, so you uh, actually signed for ten, and you left at five. No, no, mine was a five day. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, five days. How's that? It was fun when I was there, la. It took me like two, three days to detox. You know, you basically to, in order to meditate, you just have to take away all the things, right? So without the phone, without TV, you can't meditate. After three days, I think I read the book, and of course, he was a Ajahn Brand. I think was a really good mentor. He mm -hmm. taught me how to meditate, and I really enjoy it. Hmm. The minute I came back to Singapore, 
I can't play anymore. Too many things, right? When oh. you think of throwing, so you need to detox your brain a bit. And Interesting. Then, yeah. So I tried that, but no, like, I, I don't meditate regularly. Right. And, but then was that trip like good for what you set out to do or you just want to learn meditation? I just want to experience. Oh. I, I, to me, it was, I, I'm game for anything to experience, right? So mm. it was nice what it was, but yeah. mm-hmm. I didn't come back and then... Yeah, meditate every day or every week also. Yeah, I have this question here about like you know what do most studios owner like missed out for staying so long in a game, and I feel that the answer I mean, don't put words in your mouth is like just like if you feel burnt out, go on the trip, renew yourself, refine the inspiration, double down the inspiration, and it's fine if you don't have it now. It would just take a while to come to it, but you do need to go out there and be alone, and you know. I think so. I think so. It's important to be alone. I think like what what got us into the business in the first place. Let people forget, right? Why did you become a designer? Because you had joy when you do something mm. and when you create something. But once you become a business owner, you are bogged down by all the other parts of business that suck, right? But you still have to do. Uh, so I don't know. You still need to feel. Oh, what keeps you alive? Mm. Right, if you can do other things, why not? You know. Yeah, and are you? Do you feel that you are genetically like joyful already? Because some designers are quite like. I'm optimistic. I think genetically lah. Ah, mm. optimistic. Mm. Generally and optimistic. Yeah. Um. You study a lot about like human nature and all that, right? What would be some insights on human nature that most would disagree upon you upon? Are there any? Mm. I people will disagree with me. I don't know. I, I, I like to believe that I think people are generally I, I believe they are good or not good or evil, but optimistic and pessimist. Okay. I think if you are optimistic, generally you do not let things weigh you down. Yeah. Because you discard you you know, you you take in and you discard and so you keep yourself optimistic. And people are pessimistic, you keep adding on. Uh, so I feel yeah, you one needs the other sometimes, you know, and then to, to keep it going. Otherwise, you just, you know, get bogged down. Mm. And then I feel during COVID, especially, a lot of creative are very um, inward-looking because creative, as generally, is you yourself creating something, right? Okay. So there were a lot of people in depression. Uh, I think during COVID, it was bad. Uh, and some friends of ours uh, committed suicide. Yeah, so so I feel I, I and we felt that those moments shit we could have done more to and we didn't know right because depression sometimes you really don't know yeah. on the surface they are fine but then actually yeah. so when you find out it's like oh shit why didn't you do more yeah yeah do more and stuff like that so yeah that's quite sad lah. yeah yeah and and do you think that because you are the optimistic kind you you did COVID well. And they are, you know, naturally a pessimistic kind. Then they did COVID. I think so. I think so. Naturally, I think yeah. I think that played a part, lah. Mm. And this is really DNA. You can't do anything. Yeah. Um, and if you would have known then, like what we have done differently to those friends, just hang out more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just really, I think at the end of the day, but I yeah lah. You want to hang out more and spend more time, and and just do stupid things to maybe make the person distract himself but mm. I, I know it's difficult if you are going through depression you, you need to see professional help mm. because you can ha 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 then go back they still yeah. so I think it's important to be to recognize it you know and really seek help yeah some people they have it they don't 
they don't know that you know they just oh this is my normal state yeah like it's that. just who i am yeah 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 and, and it's also quite taboo people don't talk about it yeah but i think it should be more aware like, these days now especially with covid i think yeah yeah like yeah. the health mm. one of your celebrating 20 years at design center um you gave jane a lot of credit Oh, Jane, yeah, I mean, she, she, so was, the, she was ground zero, right? That's true, la. yeah. Yeah, I mean, she, she didn't come to me, I wouldn't have started as island. I would just go ahead to New York and do and play and <laughs> do, do be a creative there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think she's really a kind soul. Uh, she came to me with no expectations and she said, oh, you know, I see you're talented. I just want to support you and make it work. Uh, and so we started there and she, true enough, she really just supported me throughout the whole thing. Uh, and she's almost like a mother figure to me. So in the end, I mean, the way she responded to how we start our company, and in a way, is how I see businesses that I, I partnership with. You know, whether we sit with Ally or whether we sit with Zemlis. To me, it's like I want to support you. I know if you want to do this on your own, I will be there. I, now I have the financial support. I supported you. So yeah, run it the way you want to run it, mm. and I'm just there to support you. Mm. That's how I do it. No expectations. Yeah, I mean. Um, that is rare, la. you know that, right? No, I mean, I've worked with them before. They are not strangers, you know, right? No, true, true, true. But I'm saying in the world of partnerships. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it depends on how people want partnerships. For me, it was different mm -hmm. because they worked under me before. They want to step up on their own. So I, I just do this with them. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And do you learn anything from Jane? You know, best her being your partner. Um, no, I just feel that you, you should, if you trust somebody, let the person do what they, they do best. Mm. I think through Jane, I, I really learned that. And she's always a super kind soul. Okay, so, 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 I think Incredible. we... Yeah, <laughs> no, down to the quick fire, the one I sent you. Okay, Questions. come. Okay, uh, in your books, um, any great Singapore brand that have lasted, refreshed and refined? Uh, who are the... Are there any and who? Singapore brand. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think <laughs> people can name you a few SQ. To me, SQ is a great product. Yeah. Product, Not necessarily a brand. Mm. A brand is only because of the product. Mm. Actually, if it's anything in the last maybe a few years, Singapore, interestingly, has rebranded itself well. I don't see any brand, but Singapore as a brand. Because 15 years ago, there are people who wanted to work for us. They go like, oh, you're based in Singapore, not so interesting. Oh. Then maybe up to uh, five years ago, like that's why we had designers from Thailand, Copenhagen, everywhere they come, because Singapore has become not so square and boring. Mm -hmm. So we rebranded, I mean, even though it's quite cheesy that we have the F1, we have all that, and then the whatever, the gardens by the bay, all that nonsense. We have all that, but it somehow has had a positive spin on Singapore. Because people used to compare Hong Kong as exciting and Singapore is really boring. Now, it's become quite exciting. So the brand Singapore has, I think, done well. Yeah. Other than nothing no, stood no. up for you. Okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> but I guess then the next question wouldn't be, you know, as Singapore brand builders or business builders that you respect? No, really. Okay. <laughs> uh, favorite wine uh, under 50? No lah, don't waste time. No. <laughs> under 100 bucks can't find lah. Okay, okay, under 100 bucks. Okay, okay, okay. It's really difficult these days, right? Or? I don't want to give you a difficult uh, question or... Uh, 100 bucks. Okay, okay. Plenty, 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 plenty. Okay, we can name one or two. Uh, recently, I discovered from Yara Valley, Timo, uh, Timo Mayer. Timo Mayer. Fantastic wines for like 70 bucks. It's amazing, okay? Amazing. Okay. 
<laughs> books or books uh, you have given the most as gift? No, when I was young, I don't think I was given a lot of books. I mean, my dad bought me a lot of Tintin, which is not. You have given to other people. Oh, uh, I buy a lot of wine books for people. So. <laughs> what book? <laughs> wine books. Wine books? When people say they're interested, well, okay, I'll give you a wine book. <laughs> no, what's, what's uh, the book? Uh, there's so many of them, yeah. Oh, is there any specific one? Uh, yeah, the best is the smallest pocket book by Hugh Johnson. It's, it's a wine book. So it's a good book to get into it if you're interested, uh, which is how I got interested into it. Okay. Uh, but book that I think that has bigger influence would probably be Fountainhead, which oh, uh, which I I read not as a student, but only maybe about ten years ago I read. Really? And I thought, wow, every creative should read this book. Why? Uh, because it talks about the struggle to be original. You know, the every creative person will feel that. You know, the pain of what every the establishment is going through, and you know, your yeah. I mean, it's a great book. Sounds like the book. It's, a, it's a tough book to get into. The first chapter, wow, I think I took like, like fifth attempt, you know, it's like, ah, uh, uh, you know how books, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, eventually I pierced through and then it was easy reading after that. Wow. Uh, that, did the book sort of give you the um, ease to sort of let go because you know now the, the, the arc? I don't think, I, I, I don't know. I, I, okay. I don't think I referenced myself to the book. La. <laughs> but I thought it was a great book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, I think so deep. La. <laughs> yeah. uh, underrated local design studio that should be given more credit. That is not one of your Plenty, la. I think plenty, 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 quite a lot. I think people like uh, Interior, people like Upstairs, people like Produce, I think they all do good, nice work. Oh. Google, yeah, quite a lot. I think I'm sure there's a lot more that I don't know. Yeah, 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 of course. And I always see when I do judging, like, wow, who are these people? I always try to find out. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Recent purchase under 100 that has most impacted your life? That got me thinking. You know, initially it was kind of some stupid gadget that, you know, like some phone gadget. Then I thought uh, there wasn't. And then I realized just a few days ago I was in Vietnam. And then uh, my friend booked this trip which cost us $50. And it was a school, it was a university student that came to pick us on his uh, moped, this oh. kind of a Vespa, and brought us to like five, six places, street food and, um, you know, markets and stuff like that. I think it was the best $50 we ever spent. Is because, there? Hmm? Uh, I don't know. Because it's like, we would never see Vietnam the way we saw if we didn't go to it. It was just, okay, we went there on like a holiday. But that trip took us to amazing. And he was explaining to us about the settlements where the American soldiers came. And then we ate street food, squatted down by the roadside, you know. And it was incredible. It was quite scary seeing how the motor, you know, the motorbikes in Vietnam yeah. are like, well, next level, right? Yeah, sure. So I was hanging on to my seat. But uh, amazing, I mean, amazing. Uh, is, is, there, is it Airbnb experience or? I think I think he booked through TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor, okay. Think so. Maybe we need to get the link for it. It's crazy. Yeah, this guy should have more business. La. Yeah. And they were fun. And they're all students. They do part-time. Oh, you know, okay. part -time. Yeah. Uh, I guess the worst advice uh, part you already mentioned. Yeah. No backup plan. Um, a message to you if you want to send back to when you are... Oh, to myself when I was much younger. Yeah, 20. Save money. Learn how to invest properly. <laughs> Don't anyhow spend your money. Okay. Invest where? Huh? Invest where? Anything but wine. <laughs> yeah, I bought so much wine and uh, I just go with what I like, right? So, uh -huh. yeah. I mean, yeah. Property, obviously, would have been the best investment. Oh, yeah. 
You know, when we started Asylum, opposite uh, Ansiang, the shop house was going for 1 million bucks. 1 million, they can't buy a HDB in Bishan, okay? It's like, we should have bought that. Then we can retire, no need to think about working so hard anymore. <laughs> oh, um, when the word successful come, you know, I say it, who came into your mind? Oh, I don't have one person talking about people who are at ease, are peaceful people. I've met a lot of people who uh, in their 60s uh, and just through my social circle and they, you can tell when they are really at peace with who they are, with not trying to, not to try too hard, they are happy people. I think these are, this is what I aspire to be. La. Just be happy and at ease with what you do. And then, therefore, you exude kindness. Mm. I think when you don't have so much angst anymore, I don't know, I feel that I'm very quick-tempered when I was younger. Yeah. And to me, it's always been a lifetime goal to be at ease. How, what, what have you done to be less angst? I think COVID has made me less things. Oh? <laughs> I really enjoy COVID. So the whole COVID period of isolation, taking um, because I felt that before COVID, you know, work is always an is an engine in place, right? You I travel a lot for work, mm. but I just do from one thing to another. I never really got to smell the roses, so to speak. But through COVID, I yeah, small small things made me very happy. So then I so I feel that oh, actually I. I'm reluctant to go back to my past, <laughs> to like, oh, run here for a meeting, go there, I got, I got to see this new thing. You know, it's about chasing things. I think we always chase for, oh, there's an exhibition going here, I need to go and see, there's a restaurant opening here, I need to go and try. Chasing stuff. I think now I just stop chasing. Stop yeah. chasing. Yeah. So when, I, when I book like, a month in Tokyo, before that, one year ahead, I would have planned all the restaurants. Yeah. I'm the kind of super hardcore. Oh. I'll plan the which restaurant, which exhibition, and now I just let go. Go to the street, go to the neighbors, you will find something nice there. Mm. And and something my wife taught me because when we were going out, she said, like, you always plan all this. At most, you can match your expectation. You can never exceed. But when you let go, you always exceed because the expectation is low, right? So I, oh, okay, wisdom. Now I let go. <laughs> and then they exit. Like, of course. Always exit. You when you let go, you always exit. You go and choose the best restaurant in the world. Yeah, yeah. you always get disappointed. So I guess uh, one uh, advice would be less angst is to do less planning. Yeah. To let go more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, routines or habits that you find important? Morning, evening? I used to go running, which I stopped, which is bad. And oh. now, of course, I got asthma now. But I definitely feel uh, exercise is important. Mm. Yeah, it gives you endorphin. It makes you yeah, important. And now yoga? No, I don't know. I'm very oh, lazy. I don't do yoga. to find that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, common misconception about your work or you? Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing. I think. Any um. Uh, I think maybe okay, okay, it's okay. one thing. I think maybe people think that it's easy for me to look across over from one discipline to another, but it wasn't intentional. Like I said. People think, oh, how can you do wow, from switch from graphic to interior so successfully? But you, to me, I don't see it as switching from. To me, it was a progression from doing retail, and doing branding, and then I want, of course, when I do retail, I want to design the space, right? And so that it was, I see it as that rather than switching discipline. Actually, if I may, I'll, I'll give you a separate theory that I can see if it matches yours. Um, I think you didn't plan to switch, but it's also not a progression, but it's more so it comes from the passion part. Yes. And totally, so, because the passion leads the way, so it doesn't feel like... Yeah, yeah, totally right, yeah. For me, passion is number one. 
for me it's kind of you you can't do it if you have no drive passion gives you the drive and then actually when you're passion you you don't feel that you are working hard towards it because it's just something you love right yeah and you and you outwork because it's play the other people to think it's work you're playing and yes. so they, you can, they can now win you because you're playing games in a way maybe uh last parting words ask request advice young studio owners designers general young people My don't know. I mean, I think it's changed a lot. The whole scene industry. So I don't think I have any wisdom to give. So I, I just feel it's exciting. It's an exciting new world now. If you are a young designer, you should be glad that there are so many avenues um, that you can do your thing. So yeah. But having said that, I do not wish to be born in this era as a young designer because it's too many things. <laughs> and it, before that, I find when I was young, there is a there's a formula. It's almost like matrix. You can say <laughs> formula to do great work and therefore achieve. Now there's no formula, right? Now it's everything. You, you can do whatever you want and you can be successful. But so the the blueprint is not so clear. If you if so, it could be exciting if you are optimistic, but otherwise you could be lost. Yeah, totally lost. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. It's over. <laughs> Thanks so much for staying to the end. I hope you guys have a fantastic week ahead. <laughs>